This episode of the Kick Knowledge Podcast is powered by rapanalysis.com. So I like tie them up and like beat the shit out of them. What? And like, and then like as I'm beating the shit out of him, like he's like, you know, rapping and, and stuff, and I'm like kicking him in the nuts and like. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, you're listening to the Kick Knowledge Podcast, where we bring back hip-hop's fifth element. My name is Steven, and with me is... Zach Diaz. Yes, and actually we have another person on this show, a very special one. Give it up for <laughs> Nigel you. Tillman. Woo! Hello, very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Yes, it's good to have you, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Nigel, for the past few months, has been... Uh, working as I think Martin's t- given you the title of deputy writer. At, that is uh, correct. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Um, at rapanalysis.com, you've been cranking out a bunch of really cool articles. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, yeah, mostly just analysis of songs and stuff, and got a little some um, some personal opinions in there. So yes, yes, you, know, you definitely you'll see did. them in the newsletter if you follow. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure, yeah. Of course, uh, there might be a few people that listen to the podcast or subscribe to the podcast, but that are unaware of the rap analysis newsletter. Um, in case you are one of those people, make sure to to like go to rapanalysis.com and sign up for the newsletter because uh, basically on a weekly basis, I think uh, Martin sends out a bunch of cool uh, articles. I don't know, just like a, a, a newsletter, Rap Analysis newsletter. Yeah. Kick Knowledge is usually featured in there. Um, yeah, make sure to subscribe. But yeah, Very uh, much worth it. <laughs> some of the things that you'll be reading there uh, will come from the pen of, uh, of Nigel. And um, yeah, I mean, it, this is going to be an interview episode, but it's also going to be a regular episode because you're kind of, you're part of the team. Um, so we're going to talk I about... I love being part of the team. Yeah, you are, man. Definitely. Um, just a quick disclaimer, um, for the listeners, if at any point we seem to be going through the motions in this, in this episode, it might be because we tried to record this one a few days ago and then yours truly managed (laughs) to, uh, Fuck it all up. <laughs> Windows managed to fuck it up. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but uh, my recording stopped after two minutes. So we had a very, uh, we had a great recording of me fucking up the, uh, the intro three times, and then it just stopped recording out of embarrassment, I think. And the rest of the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> got nervous. Yes, it got nervous. It's like fuck this, I'm out of here. I, too again, much pressure. Too much yes, pressure. Too much pressure. So we lost the recording, and um, um, and stupid as we are, I'm the, my feed is the only one that we never record a backup for. So when it went wrong on my end, everything went to shit, basically. Uh, yeah, so we're doing this one again. Um, but I have faith in us, Zach. I think we're going to do better yes. than last time, even. So um, Yeah, yeah, we're good. Everything's good. Everything's good. good. We took a breather. Everything's also, fine. I'm keeping my eye on the recording. Constantly <laughs> to make sure this doesn't happen yeah. again because that would suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, uh, Nigel, I we need to give you a kind of a more a better introduction, I guess, a, a, a proper introduction. Not just saying you're the deputy writer there, but 
obviously there's more to you than just that. Um, even though it's, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, f- for one, I um, I am told that you attend to um, that you attend Columbia University. Yes, I do attend Columbia University in the city of New York, uh, studying computer science, minoring in sociology or music. We're still undecided there. Yeah, uh, I don't have to declare till next semester. So. You know, I gotta figure it out sometime in the next like. Gotta figure four it out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but Columbia, that's yeah. I mean, it's no I, it's NYU. I mean, it's no NYU, but it's still pretty. <laughs> I mean, we can fight about it. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up to Columbia. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh man, it's um, yeah. Linguistics over there isn't isn't that great. I, I'm I'm told, but um. I am not aware of it. Everything so, else apparently yeah. is. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm very. I, I'm having a good time here. It's been uh, meet amazing people here, amazing professors. That's good. That's good. Uh, nice. I get to write about like stuff I like a lot. Like there's no real restrictions. I wrote a lot about hip hop for my first, my second semester writing class. So uh, that's where I sort of brought. That's how I sort of got introduced to writing about rap music from an, an analysis perspective. Yeah. And then uh, I found out about rap analysis over the summer when I was working at an internship in Chicago from one of my coworkers. Shout out to Susie if she listens to this. Uh, ooh, yeah, the other ooh. reason I'm here Shout right out. now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was reading this, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I emailed Martin, and I was like, yo, this is really cool stuff. How do you do this stuff? And then he said, do you want to do what I do? And I said, yes. And then he said, okay, cool. Here's a bunch of requests from people who want their songs analyzed. I'm like, sick, let's do this. Yeah, nice, man. That's awesome. And uh, just because I, I, I play music um, as a hobby. And um, so I, I've, had a, I've had a lot of training, in, like classical training. Yeah. So that definitely helps my ear a lot and helps me pick out rhythms and things. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually currently play in a hip-hop group here at Columbia, Soul for Youth. You should go follow it. At nice. Soul. In the description. Yes, yes, link in the description. At Soul number four youth. Soul uh, for youth. Actually, we just entered a um, cover contest for the internet. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we get picked, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get to play with them if they come to New York. Oh, great! Awesome. Yeah. Is there any way we can sort of? Is it like voting based or anything online? Like, can we? Oh no, they just they just pick. But you Damn should it. still go and watch the video. <laughs> yeah, oh, obviously, obviously. But otherwise, we would have uh, um, asked the. The Kick Nation, the Kick Knowledge, I don't know. We don't have a proper name for our fans yet, but otherwise we would have uh, asked them to support you. But uh, still support them yeah, by yeah. checking out their, Every uh, counts. their page and their music. Um, we got a very sick MC, so, you know, it's, it's great. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah, I was checking your stuff out. Oh, Holy thank shit. You. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah. Especially when you said you're, I mean, you were obviously also great. But um, <laughs> your MC, I was like, oh shit! Yo, he's he's an amazing yeah. rapper. Like, Ooh. wow, I love that kid. I love the kid. Are they all <laughs> Columbia? Ba- are they all Columbia students? Yeah, all of them. Nice. All of them. And we got a, most yeah, of them are. Um, since it's a whole band, most of them are uh, jazz uh, performers. I was a jazzist. That's much to hip hop. Right. And they're nice. most of them are jazz performers. So um, that's that's how we get a lot of our stuff done. Dope, man. Is that we're all we can all just have like great ears and can pick out stuff and just play. And then Mamadou, that's the rapper. He just goes in on whatever we do. It's awesome. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very nice. I'm, I'm very happy to hear uh, you mentioned that you could do a lot of writing on hip hop uh, for your classes. I'm, I'm happy to see that. I'm happy to hear that, um, uh, you know, that like the Ivy League universities are supporting hip or um, I don't know, support. Yeah, I guess supporting hip hop yeah. in a way. 
Um, well, I'm yeah. glad that they're not super restrictive. Like, they don't say, like, oh, this isn't, like, a topic that's worthy of... They think every topic, if you can intellectualize it and nice. formalize it yeah. in some way, yeah. is definitely yeah. worth yeah. investigating. That's great. I mean, uh, Harvard's got the hip-hop archive, of course, so... I've been looking at that. That looks really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah I, mm. I uh, Last January, when I was in uh, Boston with uh, uh, Murray Foreman... Uh, Shut he, up. He took me to uh, yes. <laughs> he took me to the uh, Harvard um, Hip Hop Archive. It's it's Ooh. very cool. Um, oh, I love to see it. I love to see it. He used to be the uh, he was the inaugural NAS fellow there. Oh, so um, that was the in, I guess. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, there's a bunch of cool stuff happening in uh, universities. I hope to uh, see more of that um, hip hop yeah, stuff in the future too. Me as well. It's it's good. Nah. To, it's uh, yeah. It, I mean, we're gonna talk about your like the stuff that you do and the stuff that you have done mm-hmm. for rap analysis a little later on in this segment. But as I said, um, this is because you're part of the rap analysis crew. Um, this is gonna be a normal kind of quote unquote normal episode as well. So um, yeah, you're part uh, of the family. Yes. Oh. It's, oh, like it's like Olive Garden. It's like Olive Garden. When you're here, you're family. <laughs> Where's my I'm breadsticks? Very tired. Unlimited breadsticks. Yeah. <laughs> Where are my breadsticks? <laughs> Zach, what's been going on with you, man? Um, well, so I've just been working on my um dissertation. Like I just started working on. I don't know. Like whenever you're writing and doing research and stuff, you don't have to necessarily start from the beginning. But like whenever, <laughs> like. Whenever I start a project, I that's just immediately what I go to because yeah. that's just I don't know. Like a, the beginning is a very good place to start. So <laughs> where, where else? Like do you that's start? just what I do. Like I don't know. Like so. Um, sorry, the gain on my mic is kind of loud. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, I've just been looking at like kind of like Jay Dilla's early years and trying to like find some of his. Older beats. How are we in the recording, by the way? The recording is still going strong, man. Okay. It's still going okay, strong. Good, 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 good. <laughs> We're going to do that like every 10 minutes. So. <laughs> but anyway, um, but um, and I found, and I'll put the link in the description, a recording of him and T3 and Proof. It's called 1990 Freestyle. And so he must have made it when he was 16, maybe? Like sixteen, yeah. yeah, like really, really early stuff. Yeah. and I just found. I mean, I you know, I just I found it on YouTube. But like, I that's like one of the the earliest, if not the earliest, known recording we have of one of his like first beats. Nice. Um, and it's it's really impressive to see like how he was kind of still he still had his own sound even back then, even like really early, you know. Because he was obviously influenced by De La Soul and Tribe and all those guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting to see how, I don't know, very early in those days. Because um, a lot of the stuff, like, when you're looking at Dilla's discography, starts in, like, 95. Because that's when he started doing stuff with uh, The Far Side yeah. and then De La Soul. And, you know, and then he hooked up with That's Q-Tip when he started getting little, place, real placements, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... Yeah, that, that's the earliest thing I can find, and it's really cool. I'll definitely link it in the description. Also, also, 
I start. I acted in a hip in a hip hop music video this weekend. What? And Wait, who's this guy? Um, he goes by Swami. He's this local rapper, and um, the the EP that I'm going to be releasing on their label. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. You're going to be releasing an EP on their label. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell, tell well, us I, more. Well, go off then. Okay. okay well, I'm releasing this. The, this group, uh, Burns Manor Records, there's this local hip-hop label in Bristol, and I'm releasing a 7-track EP in the next couple weeks, and we will definitely let everyone know when that comes yes, out. Yes, please. Nice, Absolutely, yeah. Congratulations, super that's fucking, dope. Super fucking cool. But um, <laughs> over the weekend, like he was like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Because we're going to film a music video, and he's going to hang out. And I didn't even know it was gonna like be in it, but I just figured I'd like hang out. But he like got there, and they were like, "Okay, so the the whole video was I was gonna be like this burglar guy who like breaks into his house." Oh like, my god! That, we you filmed weren't that. like what? part of the posse. You were like an actor, actor. Yes, I was okay, like, so it was him, I was like and thinking you'd other... be standing in the group. No, it was like, like, like in a crowd. Shit! But, all right, all right. Continue. This was like some real production value, and we had a steady cam and everything. It was oh, legit. Wow. Um, but um, so like I I was like the burglar who like broke into their house, and it, so it was like uh, the main rapper Swami, and then one of his friends. So I like tie them up and like beat the shit out of them. What? And like, and then like as I'm beating the shit out of him, like he's like you know rapping and and stuff, and I'm like kicking him in the nuts and like. <laughs> And it was so awkward because it's like I'm not, I'm not a very, I'm not an aggressive person at all. So like, like it took us like an hour for me to like really get into it because I was like I don't want to hurt you and he was like just pretend to like, like punch the shit out of me and like and we had like a, a pillow underneath his like shirt so he's like you can just hit me and I'm like no I don't want to like I was like really scared. Oh my god, it was really funny. But, oh my god. And then like. They wanted to make me look like a burglar, so like we, I got we got a scarf that like covered up my face, and then like shades, and I wore like a baseball cap and stuff. And is that what burglars yeah. wear? I don't know. We're just like let's Obviously. figure something out. Obviously, but the scarf. Okay, the scarf was like re- it was a very nice scarf. It was really really cute. <laughs> so the entire time I was just like, I don't know if this is really what a burglar wears. Like why is he burglarizing stuff if he has a nice scarf on? <laughs> Yeah, we can just be like, well, I mean, Yo, you can be a burglar with this, class, man. Yeah, I mean, this is a first time burglar. This is the this is the first thing he's ever done. But it wound up, you know, it took us a few hours to, to film. But um, yeah, that, that it's my music video debut was. This All right. Weekend. So long story short, you spent four hours beating up some local rapper. Yeah, yeah. That and like awesome. the other guy. OK, like the other guy, I like. We were just sort of filming like B-roll footage, and like the guy like directing was like, "Yeah, just just kind of rough them up, you know. Just like I mean, I don't actually hit them, but you know." And I was just like, "Okay." So I grabbed this the other guy who like he had like really long hair, and I just grabbed him by like the hair, and I just started like, like <laughs> throwing him, he's throwing his head around, and I was like trying to like get into it, and then he was like, "Oh fuck!" Like I think I like hurt him, and then like, I was I like screamed. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry!" Like I like didn't even ah. hurt him. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Let's just keep rolling. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I feel terrible now. It was so awkward. <laughs> oh, I was so curious. Well, they asked you to hurt somebody, so, you know. 
Yeah, I know. Do what you they're do. like, yeah. they're like, whatever happens, happens. Just get into it. And I was like, okay. No pain, no gain. <laughs> no yeah. pain, no gain. Indeed. I, I believe the um, honorable Ja Rule once said, "Pain is love," and "Pain is love," Volume Two. I think. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's all it's all. Is good Ja Rule honorable though? I don't know. I just wanted. I have to, zero respect. I, I needed. I needed an adjective, and that's the one that rolled out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dope, Zach. Um. Uh. Well, obviously, we're super excited to hear the EP when it comes out. Um. But now, I'm so glad we re-recorded this episode because this happened over the weekend, and and mm-hmm. and when that's we messed up out. the recording last time, it was before the weekend. So now we have this awesome story. Um. Yo, make sure to let us know when the video comes out. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Awesome. Um, on my end, uh, I've been working a bunch of, like, been doing a bunch of stuff in terms of work. So not really interesting. Did get, did get two pairs of really cool Adidas sneakers, though. No Yeezys. Fuck oh, Yeezys. Damn. And fuck Yeezus. Oh, darn. I am so sad. But I got dope Adidas sneakers. Um, They're nice. Adidas. <laughs> so, um, yeah, got them in Amsterdam. That was fun. Went there with my Very girlfriend nice. for uh, two days. So I guess we already touched on um, Kanye West a little bit, who's going to be in our news section for today's episode. Um, but let's hold off on that topic for a little while because it's going to get grim. um there is some there was some uh pretty spectacular news uh since the that happened since the last time that we recorded zach um you want to start the news section oh yeah the carter five the carter five lil wayne's the carter five is here it's here it's real it's here no longer in the ether yeah yes so this has been like in not development hell, but it's like I know Birdman, like I don't know they were having a legal dispute, and um, they weren't. I think it was a good majority of it was recorded like 2013, 2014, something like that. Yeah, yeah. They've been so working on it for a while. Shelf. Yeah, mm-hmm, for a while, long while. And now we have it, and it's it's here. And honestly, I was really fucking impressed with it. You're telling like, me, man. What, what are my, your thoughts? My, you know, expectations were very high because, and I going in even still like I my expectations were lowered because I was like, okay, like we're gonna all this hype is gonna get built up, and then it's gonna be shit, <laughs> and then everyone's gonna be mad, and blah blah blah. But going in, I was really impre- you know the whole first track with his mom and like "Don't Cry" was gorgeous and like. I was just really, I was kind of blown away, really. Um, and you, you know, there's there's so many good tracks on this. You know, there's some of them are kind of you know, lacking. But I feel like the what the few, how do I put this? Like this, it is debatable. I would say whether or not this is like his best work. But I would definitely say that some of his best tracks he's ever done, some of his best songs are on this. Really. Yes, that is a hefty statement to make. Yo, I that's a that's a hot take, man. Like, really, okay, like, I, like which track? Like, which track could you say? Like, yeah, like, what, let it what all work it? out. Let it all work out is gorgeous. I love that song, and the Sampa sample is beautiful, and I just like I really, really love it a lot. 
It's like, a great track. I admit that. Yeah. But the, like, fine. You don't have to agree with me. But I'm saying, <laughs> okay, it's really well, fucking good. Okay, and this well, isn't like me, like you know. Oh, I listened to it once. So just like I re-listened to it. Like, yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I, I I'm curious to hear what Nigel thought because I know that Nigel was super excited for this record to come out. I like, was really excited. You know, the group and, cha- in the group chat, so the rap analysis, kick knowledge group chat. Um. He was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's here. Like, Carter Fry was here. I'm <laughs> so. And it's interesting, because the reason I was so excited for it was, because I came from a place of not respecting Wayne. And so, like, for the longest time, like, I thought, because I, I was, go, I heard Lil Wayne stuff back in, like, 2000, like, fuck, what was it? Like, just out of middle of middle school. So, like, <laughs> 2009, 2000, no, no, like, 2010, 2011, stuff like that. Yeah. Whenever he had like, because it, it was he was like a joke in my school. Like everyone always made fun of him for like like dumb lines. Like not not like his like his dumb but like still somehow amazing lines. But like his really dumb lines. Like my dick is a Uzi. My dick is an AK. Like what the hell is that? <laughs> that was a That's giant amazing. joke That's in my school. I, <laughs> I was really to Eminem at the time, so I was like. Oh, if it's not lyrical, it's not like shit. Like it's it's mm-hmm. whack horrible. So I was like, this is like dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like I went through like my whole life like that. Well, my whole life, like half my life, I guess. And um, so back backtracked like a year ago. I was talking about this because I hadn't really been listening to Wayne. I was talking about talking about him with a friend of mine, uh, and he was like, "Yo, um, you gotta listen to this Wayne song." I'm like, "I don't like Lil Wayne. Like, I don't think I'm gonna fuck with this." He's like, "Oh, but." dude, listen to this. Like, he actually has bars. I know what you think, but, like, he's got bars. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. And he puts on um, Bloody Mary. Right. And his yeah. whole verse, he's rhyming every single... But he... The rhyme... He, the, the word he was rhyming was suicide, and he found such creative ways to rhyme words yeah. of suicide. That was the entire verse. Suicide is a suicide. Tell him seeking you will find cause I'ma lose my mind. Kick a nigga ass, then give him my shoes to shine. Just do it with that. I come from where we used to crime. The ooze and nine. More important than school supplies. The blues is dry. My niggas in the food is fried. The news is lies. The pigeons is too spooked to fly. The rules denied. All the toughest goons is mine. That's tunchy slime. They kill you and go do the time. We unified. Your money revolutionized the new design. We had to leave the flukes behind and supersize the numbers through the roof and sky. Don't look too surprised. Look through the lines. We making moves and stride, grooves and vibes. I'm too alive. These hoes need to be supervised. They put on a cute disguise. You grooms is blind. She get dick in the Uber ride. Number two with fries. I'm pimping. Now who am I? I'm who and why? I'm rude and kind. My cars are computerized. I'm cruising by. Smoking blunts, Ruben. Size, you fools can try these tools getting utilized. You euthanize, put skirt, shoot, and drive. Now, who survived? We coming back to rewind. I'm usually high, sipping on the Houston wine. Feel humanized. I want my throne to recline. Jackie Red, Julie Blind, they Cuban fine. I bruise their spine. I leave and they snooze tonight. Super glued to the grind. My crew, my tribe. These bitches try to divide. We too divine. Got the drugs to provide the coolest highs. The green is green and the white with the Bluest eyes, the syrup and the juice collide. The two combine like suits and ties. Magic, poof, goodbye, 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 goodbye. And I was like, I sat there like blown away by like just how creative and lyrical it was. Mm-hmm. Then I went back and listened to some other stuff, 
Also, the Dr. Carter. Yeah. Corny. Corny, but. Yes, but. He's got lines. He's, he's got real super lines creative, there. and his bars are. Some of his, like. <clears throat> there's some some songs and albums that he did where. Like, I was kind of like you in a way for, mm. for years. Like, I remember all the memes of. Huh, Lil Wayne. All Lil Wayne does is rhyme the N-word with the N-word pretty much like throughout. Yes, I, I saw all those like, memes. And like I and I listened like I just sort of never really properly gave Wayne a chance for uh, for the longest time until hmm until I guess um I want to say when he was featured on Recovery uh, on Eminem's record, there was a track "No Ooh, Love." Wait, which and he was good on that. He well, was he really was better than Eminem mm-hmm. on that one. And yeah, I, he, and actually, I was, he actually did. Yeah, so I, I I kind of felt like he was killing Eminem on his own track there. Um, <laughs> That's which wild. Was, and 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 that kind of blew my mind a little bit because in my mind, Lil Wayne was fucking shit. Like Lil Wayne in my mind back then was what guys like uh, I don't know. Lil Yachty Lil are Pop. to me right now. You know what I mean? Well, he, like he was like he was the birth of that movement, though. That's what made him so. Yeah, like, but like the difference between like he he birthed all the littles in a way. But the difference between all those little something something rappers that are making music right now and, and Lil Wayne is that Lil Wayne was low key, really fucking incredibly lyrical, right? Um, right. In terms of like rhyme schemes and punchlines and just metaphors and shit, and sometimes it's corny, but it's always entertaining. And right. uh, I just kind of like I sort of went back and checked out the the earlier Carter's Carter mm-hmm. Three was um, just super solid. And I believe Doctor Carter is on uh, Carter Three, right? Yeah, yeah, and then, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. he's got a few duds in his discography. Don't get me wrong, but of course he does. I mean, but who? I mean, it's very few people who don't. Yeah, yeah I mean, only the only one. Mm, yeah, there's there's very few people that don't have a terrible record. <laughs> like long <laughs> long term artists, at some point they always make a, a relatively lacking record i guess but of course and and lil wayne has done that like rebirth his rock sort of album oh boy a couple years back that was yeah where he was i don't want to stifle his artistic creativity but like boy yeah um he can't play guitar yeah like it's just not good like no he's just not good (laughs) you shouldn't like you shouldn't do a rock album once you've learned three chords on a guitar like Mm -hmm. especially when you're yeah i don't know but yeah, but he's got some great music as well, and uh, yeah, the Carter Four had a bunch of incredible songs on there as well. What's that? Uh, six foot, seven foot, eight foot. Huh? Yeah, that's a Whoa, that's a fucking classic. God, that's I don't one care of my anyone. That was hard. Like, that's a hard track. That's a this is one and, of my favorite Wayne tracks. You know, and like my expectations basically were, and maybe it's different for me because like mine for were the fifth very one, low. right? Yeah. Because I was like, uh, the hype is too big, and it's gonna it's gonna bubble over, and then everyone's just gonna hate it. So I was like trying to keep a you know a steady. It wasn't steady. It was just like, no, this is gonna suck, you know, which isn't a good attitude to have. But um, I was like, if at the very least, if there track, you know, there's a few tracks that are just like bangers, like six foot seven foot or something, like then I'll be happy. Yeah. And there were, and there was yeah. some very. In fact, that exceeded my. Ex- there's some tracks that are way, in my opinion, like way better than that. 
So I'm good. <laughs> I'm I, very happy. Yeah, I, I was also very happy with this record. I mean, I really like the first half. I like the first song. Number two, I, I understood the artistic message of it. I just yeah. didn't like. I didn't like the vibe of it. Well, Don't I cry. found out. No, yeah, I, I was found I just out apparently. <laughs> Lil Wayne didn't know who XXX Tentacion was until after he passed. Like that, Wait, really? yeah, no, until like after that verse was put on. Oh wow, yeah, like he didn't know who that was. Oh my but god! But then like his producer, like I don't know, got a hold of that feature somehow, and so that's a little bit awkward. Yeah, and that goes into the territory of like exploiting. Like posthumous uh, recording. I mean, but he does. Is, yeah. He does say um, in the track. He said. If the afterlife is half as good as it's advertised, something like that, um, mm-hmm. I want a triple extension on my uh, on my afterlife rest in paradise or something. He says something like that. So he's definitely mm-hmm. on the song. He's aware of the fact that Triple X died, right? Like yeah, but he, he, he was he was just really like about to use XXX and not even like know who he was. That's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit sketchy. Yeah. To be honest. Well, I, I guess know, that's really because originally it works. It's only sketchy now because yeah. l- because as we know, yeah. Triple X died. Like because he was murdered. Right. But um like I'm pretty sure that uh, it, it must might have been like who's that guy with the airplanes on BOB with airplanes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the singer on that track, they they won like uh an award for it. And the first time that the they artist met. actually met was at the award show, yeah. I think. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Wow. that's kind of how, how music, how the music business tends to work mm-hmm. right now. Um, so I guess I know, I, and like, yeah. that doesn't surprise me at all in any way. Like, no, <laughs> me neither. Same, actually. but it bothers me still. <laughs> yes, yeah. kind of. Um, you know, for, for me, the Carter Five is just a very solid listen. But I, I can't, I have to disagree with that with Zach that it's debatable whether it's his best work. For me, it's not even close to his best work, even though it's well, super I'm, solid. I am debating that it is debatable. Or you're I'm de- not even saying necessarily that it is his best work because I'm wishy-washy as fuck. Well, well then I'm debating I'm just whether saying it's debatable debate. that it's debatable. Okay. Oh boy. Inception. We can agree to disagree that it's debatable that it's debatable. So. But we can also debate whether we should agree to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not going to drive a hole. Not to drive a hole. <laughs> but, okay. So so um there's a there's a couple of things I guess uh there I absolutely loved how Lil Wayne and Kendrick Lamar who is a huge admirer of Lil Wayne. Um, sidebar. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely like he's mentioned Lil Wayne as some of the some of his greatest influences, and I've always struggled to sort of get like understand exactly how Lil Wayne is such a big influence on Lil Wayne until I heard Mona Lisa this track on where Kendrick? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah where Kendrick and Lil Wayne at some point they all like play with their voice so much that you start realizing holy shit Kendrick's this whole Kendrick, you got to you got to admit like that's definitely that's an amazing that's song a fucking obvious a fucking yeah track. it's a great it's track so... and and it's super funny too like with the with the the multiple characters in there and then 
I, I mean, it just cracked me up when um, when there there's this sequence. Kendrick is rapping. It's Kendrick's part of the song, and then he's very emotional, just like arguing with uh, with his girl, and then yeah, yeah. and then lollipop. Uh, like her ringtone be- turns yeah. out to be lollipop, and he's like, "That was the funny." Oh my Holy god! Shit. <laughs> I died. Said you have him on his ringtone. Matter of fact, bitch, give me your phone. No. You fucking with Wayne? No. Bitch, give me your phone. No. Let me let me take this call real quick. You your fucking ringtone? Is that the shit that you do? It was fucking. That's a classic track to me. That's a classic Wayne track, and it's it's great how um Kendrick and and and, uh, the styles of Kendrick and Lil Wayne match so well on that track, and I love that. They really do. And there's a bunch of other tracks where. Um, where I thought his lyricism and his skills were very cool. There's other times where he's driving the the lyrical kind of stuff to such an extreme that he ends up rhyming entire verses on line. Like, what's that song? Um, everything is cut in line. Uh, 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 here's the line, whatever. Like, the whole verse is line, 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 to the point that the word line starts to be so weird that you don't even like you start questioning the whole universe um it, it just <laughs> kind of freaked me out a little bit wayne like to be like the hoes be lying it's a thin line i know you know the line second the lines you know what you got to pick lines rough edges like a box barack obama's on the, the album line. as well catch the line <laughs> american flag let's start texting lines i like little i wayne. do lines stay in line don't cut the line okay Charlamagne, we get it um and there is also there's also some of these bars where he says, my goonie goons the gooniest. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> 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 it's what? weird because I definitely, there's some, you know, he's not free from guilt in terms of like cr- cr- cringy lines. But the, the thing is, though, it does album. work. But it does some, kind of work for Wayne, right? Just, yeah. It's but he says, the go- charm, my goonie goons you know? the gooniest. And I'm like, yeah. It's because yeah. he says it with such conviction. Like you can, you know for a fact, because Wayne never does anything ironically. Like yeah. he's never gonna double. He's never gonna take that line back. He's like, say, "Yep, I fucking said that." Look, like, like, and he, he got admire the conviction. He could have followed that line with "My goonie goons the gooniest, my loony loons the looniest," and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense." <laughs> yes, like, yes, and he could just keep say going. Like, like spoony spoons, the spooniest. <laughs> like, say that your could be the entire song, and, then, and, and I actually, would love it. I think he would get away with it. But it, it was yeah. sort of weird at point at times. And, then, and but actually. Like now I'm talking about it, I do have to admit that I, even those sort of cringy bars were highly entertaining. Um, yeah. My my one point with the record though is that um, you mentioned "Let It All Work Out," which uh, samples uh, Sampha. Mm-hmm. That it was such an amazing track, and I agree. And there's another really dope track on the on the on the album. It's um, uh, the the Snoop Dogg feature, which samples Explosive. Yeah, uh, the Dr. Dre Chronic 2001 yeah. track, and very hot. Th- that's a very fire track. My only problem with that is that um, it's always been my philosophy that when you sample, you have to do the the end product has to be as good as the as the track that you sampled or better. And it, in and my felt, opinion, yeah. those mm-hmm. samples didn't outdo or didn't match the quality of the original song so like yeah there's nothing you can do to the to the explosive track um 
that could make that track better. It's just a perfect beat, right? And yeah. And then yeah. and 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 the sample sample um the original track is amazing. Like like if you're not aware of Sanfa's music, make sure to check it out cuz For the love of God, please do that. Uh, and he's <laughs> and he's been featured on a bunch of um <clears throat> hip hop records. He's been sampled on uh, Too Much mm-hmm. by Drake and he's uh been featured on um uh um Saint Pablo the mm-hmm. the Kanye sort of bonus track to Life of Pablo. Um, so he he's amazing. He's worked with great hip hop artists too. I felt like the drums didn't match the bounds of the sample on that track. Yeah, and, and when when and you just, run into stuff like that, it feels more like a cover than it actually does like yes. an original song. Mm, yeah, because yeah. you know, I saw like I saw the track list and I saw Snoop Dogg feature and I was like, oh cool. And then I heard the explosive thing. I was like, well, it's just and don't explosive. get me wrong, it's it's a great track. Snoop Dogg and I'm like, okay, it's just like. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's yeah, a great yeah. track. I mean, it's it's one of the standout tracks on it's the album, but it's impossible not to compare it to the original. And I didn't think it was better because how can it possibly yeah. be better than so, no? That the original is a I'm reading a classic. Book. I'm reading a book right now called Making Beats by Joseph Joseph G. Schloss. It's the Kick Knowledge Book Club. 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 Yeah, club. Kick Knowledge Book Club. I'll, I'll talk about it in a little bit later. But one of the things that he talks about in this book is like it's sort of an ethnography of like sort of the unspoken rules of of hip-hop beat making or whatever yeah um and one of them is kind of not which i don't agree with and obviously it's not like a strict rule it's just sort of like a general guideline Mm -hmm. um is to not sample other hip-hop yeah because then you run into that and like in in a lot of cases it's like well that's not you know because a bunch of people have sampled other hip-hop tracks and it works great but in this in cases like this where it's like you know when we hear that we're not like oh that's that soul sample of bumpy's lament by soul man and the brothers from 1971 (laughs) like we don't think that we think oh that's that's a dre beat that's explosive and it's awkward because it's like well that was already done by dre and it was great so why some tracks some tracks are too iconic to exactly yeah you know it's like when yeah yeah it's like when Nicki minaj does anaconda it's like this is sir mix a lot okay like (laughs) this is the same track like what what is going on but then when Nicki minaj on her most recent album did the uh um dreams of fucking an r&b bitch kind of uh um ode to biggie and at the same time an ode to 50 cent with the concept of how to rob basically that worked super well in my opinion yeah, that so did it's, work it's, really well. it's, it's not the best a, song on the whole album it's, it's yeah it's it's yeah, super yeah. difficult to um but i like i, I remember reading was, uh making yeah. beats and, and and sort of those honor codes of producers mm-hmm. um are perhaps have perhaps been violated on the carter five at times that's but then it's weird because it's yeah. like it's it's a rule that like in cases like this kind of makes sense but then in a lot of cases especially because i was at a rap cypher this weekend yeah and we were just rapping over della beats and we were rapping over beat rock beats and you know that's how that's how guys like joey badass that's how he got his career started was rapping over like della beats and dj premier beats and stuff so it was like i don't know i mean all the all the sort of the mixtape era 50 cent and lil wayne i guess um, those were all existing beats that they then just, yeah, just proceeded to kill, you know? So, 
Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let's Carter Five is different because they're not record. producing it. No, they're not. Pro- no, yes, they're I just, just. I would say they're just finding beats and going, "Hey, you know." Yeah. This is cool. It just it, it is all context. Yes, context. Well, I think I it, all, it always depends on like how you own the beat. Like exactly, exactly. It, it, it expo- the explosive beat owns itself. You can't you can't own that because it's so classic it's already. Such an iconic beat. Yeah, it's iconic, and you can't disconnect that from Drake. That's such like a, a Dre sound. When you hear it, you're like, "This is that song." Yeah. But like the you're saying like the uh, like Lil Wayne like mixtape era like those are just beats. Yeah. Those are just beats, yeah. and like they were just floating around the ether. That the, mm-hmm. the Nicki Minaj Anaconda one that was that's an interesting one because she somehow owns it. Maybe it's because it's such a different style. Like it's very very that's old true. school, and so it just seems like a different era entirely. Mm-hmm. But for Lil Wayne and Dre, I guess that the eras also are so for close. Nicki Minaj because she's the female perspective in that track. Whereas that's true. That's true. The Sir Mix a Lot one. You know, was <laughs> right. She flips. She flips an ocean on a yeah. tail. She did the same thing with um um Barbie Tings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. What was it? Was it called Barbie Tings or what was that song called? Um, fuck. Barbie Dreams. Barbie, Barbie Dreams. Dreams. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. yeah. That's what she, she did. She flips with Barbie it on her head and then she makes it work. That's how she owns it. Yeah, I agree. That's. But the concept of owning it is very complex, I think. Oh, yeah, of course. That's insane. I'm using yeah. it in a very like loose sense, but like, I think, I think part of owning it is just like really, really killing it. I agree. Killing it to the point where like they, that, the, the idea that be, I, that's honestly like what hip hop I think started as. Yeah. Because they were rapping oh, over yeah. drum breaks and stuff and funk songs and stuff. Those songs are already canon. Yeah, yeah that's why it those. seems exactly. That's why it seems yeah. weird to criticize it in the first place. Is like, well, right? I don't know. Like, that's <laughs> been what hip hop is since the beginning. So it's like, yeah. it, it doesn't. In certain cases, it works. In certain cases, it doesn't. It's just, right. it's, you know. I yeah. don't know. You it's, but then you see like it. what works and what doesn't, and yeah. why the one thing works and why it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I would love to get Joe Schloss on the on the pot at at some point and ask his thoughts on. Um, on on these sort of ethics of hip hop production, uh, which are oh, yeah. the weirdest ethics in, in music re- <laughs> production ever, I think. So yeah, Carter Five, I loved it in the sense that no, I didn't love it, but I really enjoyed it. Let's put it that way. Yes. And there is some some issues with it. It it was hard to exceed expectations for me. It didn't for Zach. It did apparently because Zach lowered his expectations, which it's probably smart, but yeah, it's it's here. It's just and... kind of what I do in general in life, though. <laughs> when your expectations are really low, everything's amazing. <laughs> yes, let's not talk about Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching this right now. I'm not touching on. this right now. Holy shit! A lot of anger. God damn. <laughs> I'm trying to get you. You fucking up. went there. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, oh tough. my god, it's tough. I'm not even gonna get into this right now because if I do, okay. I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Okay, right, let's skip that topic and move to Logic dropping Young Sinatra Four. I finally listened to Young Sinatra Four. Thoughts? It's great. It's yes. fantastic. Yes. It's still really corny. Like he yes. has a lot of. And I, I was thinking today <laughs> as I was walking, listening to it, I was like. 
Why is this it's guy great. so corny to me? It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's really corny, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's really corny. I think it's because... Contrary to rap, because he, he's like a conscious rapper, right? He talks about a lot of big issues a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. as opposed to Kendrick, I feel the same way about J. Cole, like mm. as Logic, but less so with J. Cole. As opposed to Kendrick, who like hones in on each song, like he hones in like very specific things. Like mm-hmm. I think about To Pip a Butterfly, where he hones on very specific issues mm-hmm. and sees the nuance of all of them and discusses that in depth. Logic sort of glosses over a lot of things. Like, yeah. he's, he's about that, go follow your dreams, follow your heart, you know, don't let haters get you down, don't let people discriminate get you based on... There's a yada, bunch yada, of platitudes there, yeah. Right, but yeah. don't, he never goes any deeper than no. that. No. And that's it's, what bothers me about him. He's very, was, very conventional. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was, like, listening to it again, was, like... Yeah. He tries to do the whole braggadocio thing of, like, yo, I'm the best... <laughs> the, the, the part where he says, like... What was it? Or he says, I'm not in the top ten. Like, I'm in oh, the so top, not three. Top, top three. And I'm not I'm number like, two. You're and I was just like, me. hmm. You're not even <laughs> really? close to the really top bad. three, bro. <laughs> like, I feel like it's... There is only a few rappers that... You know, like, whether or not they are actually in the top three or even the top ten. Like, there, there is... I'd say there's about 30 rappers that could claim a spot in the Sorry. top 10. Right, but he and is not I one Logic of them. Logic is not in that yeah. top 30. You know what Sorry. I mean? Like, Yeah. And and then who exactly is in the top 10 or who is in the top 20? That's all debatable. Right. As a matter if of personal If we made a top taste. 100, maybe he would be on there. Yes, I would say that. <laughs> I would think he'd be on there if top we, 100. Oh God! Of all <laughs> time, I think, I think it could be in top. I think it could be in top 100, top 150 of all time. Okay. Of all time, I think that's a stretch for for logic. Really? It's so funny. We're like, he just said a line that he thought would be cool. We're like, um, actually, <laughs> in the top, like, just <laughs> shut no, shit still, down. Like, I still enjoyed. I enjoyed him bringing oh, back yeah. that boom. Back. I love the production on this whole thing. Although oh, I will yeah. say, the first like, well, like I think songs two, three, and four have. Almost the exact same drum groove. Like, go back and listen to that. It's almost the exact same same drum groove. I uh, I listen to a lot of my music um, on the go, so I never know what like what song is which, Mm -hmm. and um, or what the titles are until I like sort of afterwards look into that. Um, Mm -hmm. I was convinced that those tracks were one long ass so all the same song <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah honestly though honestly like oh like, there's was, a beat a switch in that. this track <laughs> like that's kind of like i i like just before i'm kind of i might be a little i there might be some external influence on um uh my opinion right now because right before we started recording i checked out uh fantano's uh the needle drop best teeth in the mm. game Melonhead. Uh, his his uh, review of Logic, and he referred to Logic's brand of uh, boom bap as the Disneyland of boom bap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he called it. Yeah, I, he, it, I, it's boom bap without too, an yeah. edge. There's no raw element, and and I mean that is like boom bap. That is that's. It's got bite to it. Thirty-six chambers. That's ready to die. That's illmatic. That's I'm glad. Right. The infamous. Yeah. That's all that mm-hmm. that gritty East Coast. Like, yeah. Sh- straight from the fucking burrows. Right. Now logic. Logic was like toothless, but 
Yeah. The Wu Tang Forever song, that went hard. I will fight Fantano on that one. That I one has some edge to it. I will say yes. I I was about to, I was about to talk about that. Um yeah. and it's really impressive, just props to logic, like the fact that he can hold his own against Wu Tang. Yeah, honestly. It's just crazy impressive. Like the best things on here was like the Method Band verse, which I don't think I've heard a bad Method Band verse. Like ever. ever. No. Like I don't think I've like like when his verse came on, I'm like, oh shit, that was really good. Wait, has he ever not been good? <laughs> has that ever happened? That's will, his that's his par. I I will say, like, when I was listening to the beat again, it was I don't know. It just felt a little bit the the beat it wasn't it felt like someone trying to make a Wu Tang beat as opposed yeah. to like a Wu Tang beat. I know what you, you know? mean. Like and it was it was serviceable, but it wasn't like when you have all of all or all of what's left on Wu Tang with you know it's, it's together. Yeah, on a beat. I ha- it's kind of like you going on YouTube and typing in Wu Tang type beat, yeah, and you get yeah. this one. Um, I felt like it was like an illusion to like it wasn't trying to be its own thing. Like it was this yeah. whole thing was so, sort of like a a paying homage to Wu Tang. Which yes. case, like I, I, that's I, how I, I kind of about. agree with Nigel on. and Zach on this one. Um, I'm sorry if that and all, kills all the, the fact that he actually got you know <laughs> Ghostface and all of them to get on it made me go like okay this is fine yeah like this yeah. is really fucking <laughs> like cool, they so. they were cool with it so like I had to fuck with it clearly yeah but like they Clear, really yeah. went off. Okay, wait. A hundred miles of running. Boy, he brought back the Apache sample, and that made me so happy. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. He got the fucking oh dance. My God. Oh shit. Oh shit. Like I was, I was grooving. Holy shit. But was like, it better than NWA's Hundred Miles of Running, though? Nope. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't say that. <laughs> nope. I would never say that. How no. do you guys feel about Wale? Wale, Wale wait, is kind of like the logic from DC. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wale, really, Wale, I'll be honest. at times I feel is fucking incredible, but then he just drops the he's just kind of dropped the ball on his career. I think, like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what I I don't. But Wally has some amazing work, and I I, I love the concepts of album about nothing, mixtape about nothing, like the whole Seinfeld shit. It's dope. It's just dope. But anyway, you were going somewhere with this, weren't you? Yeah. I would just say, like, I don't know. I was just, I was just like, I've never like hated Wale. I don't know. I know, understand why like, a lot of people have not liked his stuff in previous years. But like the verse he had on this was pretty, pretty sick. And I was just like, yeah, Wale. I don't know why everybody hates him so much. I mean, I kind of understand why <laughs> everybody hates him. I he didn't sound. He was distinct. Like I didn't realize he was actually on this song because again I was walking while I was listening to it. Yeah. So I, like, I didn't yeah. look at like the titles and stuff. So after, but like yeah, I, know I was just mean. I was listening. I was like, oh, everyone on this song is good. But I didn't really. He didn't so- seem distinctive to me. I was like someone like, oh, who is that? Let me go look that guy up. He was just like, yeah, he, I got a verse. That's tight. Yeah. Yeah. But Wale is from that same generation as guys like J Cole and Kendrick, mm-hmm. and he he, mm-hmm. he and his potential hasn't fizzled out in the way that um. You know what I mean. Like those other yeah. guys is, has, and that's a shame. But I do enjoy a lot of Wally's music. Um, I, I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do we think about Last Call? Yeah. Okay, I was gonna. I was actually gonna mention. I was gonna talk about Thank You because I thought <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. I thought it was cool how he, you know, 
included some of his fans and I, I got the message and that's really cool, but it went it was so long. So long. And the, to the also point, like, really okay, corny. I get it, I get it. <laughs> Everybody likes you. Like it just felt really awkward. Also, that like, was like the corniest part of the whole song. Oh yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, the whole album, I'm sorry. That was the corniest part of the entire That's album. Corny. Was like the phone calls. Like maybe one or two are like cool, but like Okay, so uh, Lil, Lil like, Wayne has a, has a phone call, like a, a voicemail from his uh, from his mom, and it's powerful. Like, and he's got a, a dozen voicemails from from fans saying that he's important to them. And then at some point, it just becomes like jerking off in front of the mirror. Like you know what it's yeah. <laughs> that's what it, what it that's what it was. It's like, kind of what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Look look at how many people I touch with my music. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Next song. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, but last <laughs> call though was yeah to, to sort of last call was interesting. I mean, obviously it's it's him doing the Kanye thing, right? Yes. And I think on the record he says he's the the new Kanye or something. Um, Bruh. On, on, on he he sounds songs, like yeah. a. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Continue. I I, I had I had feelings but <laughs> uh, i just want to say this there was some verse in the song there was some hooks in the song that sounded like like someone just listened to kanye and was like oh yeah i'm really feeling myself right now i just like wrote down a, some lines and it's like almost word for word what kanye said like i can't i'll think about it and at some point through the rest of this it'll pop in my head and i'll say the line and it'll have no context but just for yeah. the record this is the context yeah Exactly, yeah. Like, there's a lot of lines that sound so similar to Kanye. I'm like, you're like a wannabe Kanye. Like, well, the, the, that's the thing. There's a bunch of artists that have expressed their. I mean, obviously, if you came up uh, in the last couple of years, Kanye has has probably been a huge influence on you on your music, right? Because he's been so dominating, yeah. so in 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 hip hop. Um, and in music Wait, in general. Getting into, are we getting into Kanye? Or are we gonna almost, almost. Going? It's still kind of logic, but it's we're 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 building. It's a this, segue. It's a segue, okay. man. It's a great. It's like, it's I like just wanted mini- to mention. I wanted to mention a couple more things. Okay. Oh yeah, we're still we're still on the logic. Well, I, I, I guess yeah. what I wanted to say is that um, while there's a bunch of artists that have expressed their um, their their love for Kanye's music. Um, in in classy ways, I feel like, and for other artists that have inspired them, I feel like Logic kind of sort of mimics the the influences that he has in a way. Like his Under Pressure album kind of sounded like Good Kid, Mad City to me, and now he's doing a literal Last Call on his album. And don't get me wrong, J Cole did a Last Call on his album. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mind it as much then, although I kind of didn't like it that much either. But I don't know. Logic for me is just a very solid rapper, but he's never done something completely unique, in my opinion. His best thing to me was that the Suicide Hotline number was the title of a song. I thought that was really dope. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's because with him, it's like he always wears his influences on his sleeve. And as... As exactly. a fellow rap fan, it's like I can I can get behind that. Yes, you know, but it doesn't I, it make just, you top. He just three. exudes enthusiasm for hip hop 
mm-hmm. in general. Right. I love his music. energy about it. I love exactly. his energy about it. Yeah. And he has a great it's work just, ethic. I mean, it's like every other week yeah, there's he, a new Logic album. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, for yeah he grinds. Like, don't get me wrong. I respect that. It's just like, as an artist, there's a difference between you could be a fan and make, like, songs that, like, aren't... But if you're, like, a major artist, you need to come at this, like, at, at your influences a lot more nuance. Pick out your elements out of those influences that you like. Yeah. And really, like, hone it and make it your own and not just, it's, like... Do like a, oh I want to make a song like Kanye. Here's a song like Kanye. Like if yeah, you're a major song, artist, yeah. that doesn't cut it. No. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's completely fair. You know, there's and there's a fair amount of producers. You know, I, I don't know if you've mm. heard about the whole like type beats craze where it's like people will just put <laughs> Travis Scott type beat, DJ Mustard type beat. I'm glad Frank isn't Jay on Dilla this. Type uh, beat. I'm glad Frank too? isn't yeah, yeah. on this episode, Zach, because he would have. <laughs> <laughs> gone wild the moment you said but there are people said, type beats I hate type beats type beats are stupid no, and I, fucking type beats everybody has to fucking die that's that's frank. that's absolutely that's, that's an absolutely fair statement to make I will say yeah. the same thing that's my frank and then some of them, but some of them have you know there are producers who have careers now because they put that shit and it's like okay cool you have a career but you're just making shit that other people have made and it's yeah. just it's right. weird like it's it's well it's you're wearing I mean, your influences on your sleeve and everybody appreciates that but you're not really finding your own sound yet and no. that, you're just a Kanye like wannabe and I think a lot of That's artists true. that do that a lot of producers that do I don't want to call them artists because they see it as a product and it's just a way yeah. of making money and of course right. it's a fun way of making money you know but it's like they're not taking any risks like literally they're not taking any risks they're not doing anything right. original. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But we're gonna hold that those guys to different standards than, right. you know. But yeah, exactly. I, I mean, Logic's and the a actual innovators and the actual risk takers. I, I I really want to see what Logic sounds like. It's just Logic though, because it might be something special. I don't know. I've just never does heard. He have, do does it. he have a just Logic? Yes. Yeah, that's the ultimate question. It's the ultimate question. Like, has he has he been rapping so long like this mm-hmm. that he's lost the ability to now define his own sound? Like, his sound is less about his sound and more about like the content of what he raps about. But mm-hmm. his sound can vary. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like his info is like the way his style varies. It's also based kinda, on like who he's listening to, I guess. It is interesting though that he just like this young Sinatra, young Sinatra series is all boom bap kind of. Then the the Bobby Tarantino stuff and the under like there's he's got a bunch of different sounds and it all all of it works. It's just never. It just. It's he's never done a bat record. It's just also never done a classic one. It's because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been safe. It's because he's been safe the whole it's, time. Like, it was like boom bap, and it was like trap shit. And, like, that was stuff that at the time people were digging. I mean, yeah, boom bap yeah, now right. people are digging, but he's like, his, this whole thing, this album was like bring the boom bap back. Yeah, but, like, that, that's the thing. He's, it's like he's doing, it's more like formulaic in a way, like, oh, people love boom bap. So, whenever somebody's doing boom bap, we're going to root for it. And then, yeah. It doesn't even matter if it's, you know, like, if I, like, why would I want to listen to somebody doing the Disneyland of boom bap if I can listen to, you know, the infamous yeah, actually. or ready to die or right. whatever. Like, actually, Although I guess, yeah. Yeah. When he's, when he's done last call though, I, I, it seems like he's, he's aware of this. Cause it's like, we did the trap yeah. shit with Tarantino. We did the boom bap with the Sinatra. Yeah. Now we're going to be doing future shit. 
I'm like, what's future shit? Unless yeah. he means actually future, in which case I'll off myself. But <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> auto tune. No. I'll actually off myself. But maybe this is like this is signaling his departure from these things, these like callbacks to other people. Maybe and maybe it's like like okay, now I'm gonna start doing doing me. Like instead of I'm young Sinatra, now I'm Logic. Yeah, you know, and you know I. I'll, I'll, I'm definitely looking forward to the next album just to see like what he means by future shit. Yeah, me too. Yes, agree. Me too. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for that. Yes, Zach, is there absolutely. anything else you want to say about Logic before we, um, before we get into uh, the, the heavy stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I'm pretty, I agree. I have right. um okay. I and will I say can... one thing. I don't know I just want to point out there's a bar on here that I really like that Logic says. It says where he's like these rappers have no class like bomb threats. <laughs> and I'm like, that's I don't know. Come on, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a bar. That's a bar. I agree. That's, that's, a, that's solid. pretty good. That's solid. Every, like, every okay. time when that like happens, I'm just like when someone makes some sort of clever thing, I'm like all right, that was pretty good. Like, even <laughs> if it's a rapper one. I don't like, I'm like, all right, all right. You got me there. Conversely, there was a corny-ass line where he said, like, oh, what was it? I don't remember what song was on, but he said... Um, that he's top three? I re- no, not that one. <laughs> Fuck that one. But he would say something like, uh, I'm running a train on a girl with all my homies, and her name is Mary Jane because we smoke like all day or some shit like that. I was like, what God, the hell, dude? That is That was dumb as fuck. <laughs> I, can't a- have to listen. I had to listen to that in the God. year of our Lord 2018, and it really made me sad. That's, uh, okay. It was bad. Moving on. On, my, Moving on. Um, on sort of the uh, list of topics to discuss, we have the following bullet point, people. Kanye drops the fucking ball on everything. <laughs> That's Kanye the- just fucking sucks. Let's just say that, like... <laughs> That's been, right. I said it. Chris, Travis, if you're listening, this is the moment you want to ch- <laughs> you want to fast forward a couple of minutes. <laughs> I I've been trying to defend him at certain points like last year. Last year I was like he's just not articulate. Like when he said yeah. like what he said that shit like slavery is a choice like i got what he was saying i was like this man's not articulate but like i know what he's saying. Yeah, he's yeah. Now now it's like okay, you people have been dis- misconstruing your words so much that you think you'd be more careful about how you approach words, but he's not. He's just choosing to ignore everything that has happened so far and keep doing what he's doing, and that just shows a fundamental lack of like basic awareness of the world around you. It's, yeah, and and in my opinion, and this is coming from someone who's obviously like, you know, deals with mental illness, is that like, <laughs> and, and from obviously, what I am seeing. One well, I don't know if it come across. Maybe it has. Maybe it has. I don't know. Like anyway, I I didn't say that in the best way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what you mean? Um, as someone obviously, I'm crazy like, pants. No, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, no, 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 no. I just shot myself in the foot there. God. No, continue, continue, continue. I'm the worst. I'm so I'm laughing. Scratch at all you that. For... Scratch all that. As 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 someone who deals with mental illness and has also had friends and interactions with people who have struggled with that. What I see coming from Kanye is someone who is struggling with that. 
and it worries me. It really deeply worries me. And the fact that there are people who are sort of like romanticizing it and sort of going, oh, well, hey, you know, it's just part of his shtick and it's his, you know, it's like that worries me deeply because what he needs is help more than anything. And like the fact that, and that's, you know, he's not the only, it's not certainly not the only hip hop hip harper I can't talk he's certainly not the only hip hop artist that has dealt with this you know guys like Kid Cudi you know guys like Kid Cudi have dealt with you know and when I see those guys and people are like oh but you know he's just expressing himself and blah 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 it's like that's fine but then he that doesn't justify the shitty things that he said nope right it doesn't and not at all and that's Like, I really hate that mentality of, like, the, the, the starving artist or, like, the struggling artist of, like, oh, they need to suffer for their art, and this is just a part of his, like, performance. I'm like, no, he's hurting. Like, he's, like, like that's not a fun th- situation to be in. You know, he's not been, I don't think he's been okay for a while. And yeah, the, the, the worst exactly. part about it is that, like, throughout his entire career, <clears throat> everything everything that he's ever been through has just reinforced the idea in his mind that he doesn't need anyone else. Yeah. Like, like, think about it. Like, mm. got the production. People said he couldn't do that. He was fucking great at it. Tried to do rap, and people said, oh, no, you're a producer. Don't rap. He said, fuck you, I'm going to rap. He was great at it. Yeah. Got into mm-hmm. fashion. People said, why is a rapper getting into fashion? He can't do that. He said, fuck you, I can't. And he did it. Like, every single venture Easy. he's yep. been in, he's just like, yes, I, I can do this. People are like, no, you can't. And he's like, fuck you, you're wrong. And he just has not, has not had to listen to anybody. So, with that mentality... He's never going to think he needs help from anybody else but himself. Because mm-hmm. why should he start listening to people now? Exactly. Well, I mean, that's kind of what, what bothers me about... What bothers me so much about the stuff that's Kanye, that Kanye's been doing. And, and, and we're not even talking about music <clears throat> right now, because I, I want to get into that a little bit, too. But just, like, all the other stuff, right? Yeah. The fact that he's suffering from mental illness, that's not a secret. Like, he's spoken on that, like, yay... Yeah, exactly. It revolves around that, right? So that's yeah. Yeah. and and there's nothing bad about that. Like that's not nobody makes the choice to be mentally ill. Um, like nobody makes the choice to be to have to get cancer. You know what I mean? It's like that's mm-hmm. something that is super difficult, and and you have to find a way to deal with that, and hopefully get get better or at least somewhat better. Um, but what what it highlights for me is that. In his team, in his circle, he lacks the right people. Like every time, like Nigel, you mentioned the slavery is a choice thing. What he meant yeah. to say was this, and then, but first he has to he he goes on like on the internet and he says the stupid dumbass version of what he's trying to say. Because and no one poured, stops him. And no, nobody stops him. And then later, after all the fucking backlash about it, like somebody comes on and so not actually he kind of meant this and now with the uh what was it amend abolish i'm sorry abolish the 13th amendment that means saying let's abolish the amendment that's uh that that sort of prohibits slavery but he what he meant to say was amend the 13th amendment because the 13th amendment still says that slavery or forced labor is okay as a punishment for crime and that is sort of super. He's already addressed that on New Slaves in 2013 with the CCA uh, teamed up with the DEA or whatever that line is about. The, yeah. They're trying to lock uh-huh, up 
Um, mm. And sort of that. So what he's trying to say is is is, is completely. Like people miss what he's trying to say because he just blurts out these dumbass inarticulate thoughts um, and hurts a lot of people in the process. And it just goes to show that nobody on his team is there for him to, to, to sort of help him deal with these births, bursts of, I don't know, man. I mean, it just, it's sad because he's, he's like a proud anti-intellectual and there's a lot of people in the country right now that rally behind that. Yeah. Like he doesn't, and exactly the wrong. And he doesn't. Yeah. And right. that's my biggest like, fear right now. Cause he has aligned himself with people like Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro. And Donald well, Trump. Not exactly Ben Shapiro. But like, you know, guys of, you know, in that whole sort of, I don't know, <clears> but in the world of like, there's been a term going around called the intellectual dark web, which is a stupid mm. fucking term. It's dumb because like, all these people are getting like millions of subscribers and like talks at universities and stuff. And they're somehow like oppressed because it's like, Oh, the left, you know, is going to, is, you know, censoring us. I'm like, fuck you. No, what are you talking it's about? It's not censorship. It's just you're on responding. Fucking, yeah. It's just responding to your speech. That is absolutely allowed. Yeah. And the fact that he is aligned with himself <laughs> with these people is worry is extraordinarily worrisome because these people don't give a shit about him. They're fucking no. They're parasites, and, it, and they it, will it, drop him the second he goes. The second like, he, he goes, being the second he recovers, if that happens, like let's, maybe let's it does, maybe it doesn't. It will, the yeah. second, you know, because the second he goes, because didn't he wear like a, a Nike thing because he wanted to like represent Kaepernick or something? Yeah, like when he was at the Fader thing, you know. Obviously, like the you know the people who support him on the right, like didn't say anything because he was also talking about this crazy slavery thing and. Oh well, then you know to them that's <laughs> somehow okay. But um, they didn't speak on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah you're right. Second- that th- those people will drop him the second he, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then, exactly. And what what does make me happy in a way is that is to see that people like Swiss Beats are addre- like talking to him saying that the the maga hat is hurtful and what it stands for and that you can't change the brim of the hat and add positivity to the make america great again hat and have that take away all the negative associations with that of that phrase like right the connotation is already it's too late the connotation is already made and like you can't and you can't just gloss over that and and like and i'm like i gotta say snoop dogg is <clears throat> Snoop Dogg is a top three contender in my mind, and and, and not and, and <laughs> yeah, and um he, he, and he 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 like Snoop Dogg is just like I, I can't say it because well because the n word was said <laughs> gratuitously used in <laughs> yes but oh my god Snoop was mad Snoop, Snoop was Dogg mad. was mad on on uh, commenting on Instagram on um make your music great again yeah. <laughs> That was the, the and and the and basically our thesis statement for this entire segment is like we're kind of done talking about Kanye for a while, yes. and it's because and it's we have, but, and we've only talked about about the the shit aside from um, uh, 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 the music, right? Because like in in yeah. the fact that he he said that there were only like about eight hundred slaves in the eighteen hundreds, like there there were four million. That's like denying the Holocaust. That should be he's, illegal. He's, 
right? Probably yeah. anti-intellectual. Right, but yeah. but then and then. It's, at least, like, at least always, whenever he said something stupid, his music was amazing it, it is, or at the very least funny, solid. Yeah. But, but, but now yeah. he he mm. didn't drop Yandi as promised. Well, nobody really expected he would. He also gave the worst performance ever, and um, <laughs> yeah. Justin Williams asked us to talk about it, so we will, mm. with pain in our soul, we will yeah. talk mm. about the, the, the Lil Pump SNL performance that he did, which was absolutely terrible in the sense that he was just not rapping on beat and he it 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 was just it looked like a it looked like a i don't know a middle school um <laughs> sort of talent competent that's like, not far from the truth that's that's pretty inaccurate that's, that's pretty spot on yeah. and yeah. and and, the, and he'd probably get third third place you know yeah. <laughs> with that performance <laughs> and and that's kind of what it it was terrible and then also like recently he admitted that um like everybody always knew that he was he used ghostwriters like that's not a yeah that's not a secret or anything but turns out that partisan fontaine wrote all the lyrics to violent crimes, like all of them, except for two lines that Kanye changed, right? Wait, really? Yeah. Kanye admitted that. I love that. that song. Yeah, and, and the, the weird thing is that... That's, I was too upset, actually. I'm very upset by that. That's upsetting in a way because it's such a personal song. Because it, it's literally written from... It's the perspective of Kanye. He's talking about his kids, and he's talking about his wife. And, to, to, and it's... And, and to have it be written by somebody else pretending what it would be like to be Kanye in this present situation, that is, that's crossing the line for me of when it's still okay to use a ghostwriter. Like, it, I don't know. That, it just. No, I get what you're saying. I get what I mean, if it's yeah. such a personal song, you didn't write it. <sighs> I and it just doesn't. It seems like he just doesn't care about the music anymore. It's he really doesn't you, seem to care about the music really on, anymore. You know, he I does the music because it makes know. him be relevant. Right, it keeps him relevant. It, it, you know, on top of that, you know, I was talking earlier, about, you know, aligning himself with sort of these like right wing nut jobs. Yeah. Um, also, like you know, these you know Takashi Six Nine and Lil Pump, like. And nothing against those guys personally, because you know some of their music is their, cool. Their music has their place, but when he does that, like it's like, okay, what are you doing? Like you're just, you're just, you know, especially with like Takashi Six Nine. Have you seen him? Like he doesn't take himself seriously at all. He's like, fucking funny though. Did you see that parody of he's, Fifty Cent? He's a funny video? guy, but like he's not. <laughs> he's not like oh, like you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't put him like a. T- you know, on a top five list. Kanye like West he's, he's also should a be on. Officer. Yeah, Kanye exactly, West should be on a level of of, <laughs> you know? of the all time greats, and he's and he's sort of and he's and and now all of a sudden he's connecting with like one day flies, like gimmicky rappers. Um, yeah, he's supposed to link up with guys like Jay Z. And he's supposed to link mm. up with guys like Lil Wayne, and he's supposed to link up with. He's not supposed to link up with Takashi Six Nine and Lil, Lil Pump. Pump. With all due respect, like with all, no disrespect 
towards those I guys. Just respect. So, I, I was out of respect. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they're, they're just not. It's just a different. It's just a different. It's a completely different plane. Like, he's, yeah, plane. he's stooping That's way lower than he needs to go. Exactly. Exactly. Like, if he's thinking this is making him relevant, it's actually making him less relevant because those rappers are going to, like, fall off the face of the planet in, like, five years. They're going to go the route. And he's going to be known as the guy who's going to go the route. They're going to go the route of Vanilla Ice and be in, like, Adam Sandler movies 20 years from now. And exactly. <laughs> like, Hope Adam Sandler's still alive in 20 years. Yes. Is this our new thing, Zach? The Vanilla Ice comes up in every yes. episode now? Yes. Because, because, we gotta because replace he went it to high school Kanye. with your parents? We gotta replace it with... He went to high school Kanye with your parents? Was, yeah, yes, man. we talked about it in the last episode. That is My parents went to high school with Vanilla Ice. And then, like, at that point, he was Robbie Van Winkle. That was his name. And Van Winkle? He was just, like, yes. Bruh. He was this super, like white kid and but he was like oh i'm a rapper now and they're like okay and then like his senior year he wasn't there and they're like what the fuck happened to robbie and then it was like oh he's vanilla ice now he's vanilla now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that That's it's so very funny. weird but yeah to to end this whole fucking shit show of a story um we're gonna we're gonna get out of the way of the kanye podcast and we're gonna no longer Talk yeah, about Kanye we West until he does something that is musically relevant. And, like, because we don't, at this point, we don't have anything to say that hasn't already been said. No. Either by us or by or other... It's done. Um, you know, we're done. Yeah. We we hope that Kanye gets help. We hope he gets better. We hope he stops talking about fucking... We hope he stops repeating right-wing talking points that he doesn't even get in the first place. Mm-hmm. And we just and, hope that he's gonna go to Africa and make a really good record. But for some reason, I'm not convinced that it's gonna be all that great. And and but let's hope so. Let's we're not okay. So our we vow to our listeners not to talk about Kanye anymore until he does something that is relevant musically, because yes. we're a hip hop podcast yes. talking about not music. Mm-hmm. And and we're done. Yes, we've had I, the, and, yes. five artworks in so far of the Kick Knowledge podcast that featured Kanye. The next couple of weeks and one months, our, you're yeah, not going to see previous, any. Yeah, <laughs> one of our previous episodes was called like "How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Kanye," and I'm like, oh shit, hasn't aged well. Oh, that title hasn't aged well. This was like, was this pre A? When that came out, it was post like Jay, but it was pre the renewed bullshit. Oh God, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Mistakes right. have been made, and no, I'll say one last thing. You okay. know, I. The only thing I can think of is like I wish, you know, based on all the stuff that he said, that like we lived in a reality, we lived in the reality that he wishes that everybody else lived in. Of like, hey, let's all just come together, and you know. That's not going to you know, happen. The, the MAGA Anytime hat, you know, it doesn't mean anything, and I can totally recontextualize it, and it's fine. And he was in, he's living in this reality that has no, it's just this vacuum where, like, things, there's no context, and he can just be like, hey, let's all just get get together, and it's all it's all love, it's all good. And it's like, yeah. I wish that was the case, but that's not the reality that we live in, unfortunately. You can't be like, a fucking live, hippie with Candace Owens. You just can't be a hippie yeah, with Candace exactly. Owens. It's just not happening. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just not possible. You, and it's hurtful. You can't wear the MAGA hat. And then wasn't he complaining about, like, people were bullying him for wearing the... Like, he said that. Like, people were bullying him for wearing the MAGA hat. God like, damn good. it, they should. It's if there's good, any like, fucking reason to... Like, I don't feel bad for that at yeah, all. Yeah, when I was like, still in New York, for that. I saw, Like... When I was still living in New York, I saw this one guy proudly wearing his MAGA hat and I remember strutting around the subway. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I've seen that a few times. It yeah, just hurts. Airports. It doesn't happen a lot in New York, uh, luckily enough. But and the reason every- why it, it, it hurts is because there are people who are in this, in the United States, you know, obviously there are people, you know, there's people that are scared of, for their lives. Exactly. Like, this is a symbol. Nationally, like, it's not a joke. It's just not a joke. Like, exactly. It's real life. Like, Mm -hmm. it's real life. Yeah. And Kanye just does a game. So, let's talk about positive things. Um, Yes. For instance, let's talk about Nigel and the stuff that he's done for rap analysis, which is a lot of stuff. Fucking dope shit. Um, Thank you, thank you. I, I and it's, it means a lot. To me. It's not just a lot. It's it, it's not just dope. It's also a lot. You know, like you've you've been with the team for just a couple of months now, and I, th- I think you wrote like twenty pieces or something. You, uh, I did. Check, I've got a folder full of them, but uh, I've been nice. I've been really cranking these things out. Nice, yeah. So a, bu- a bunch of it has been a reader request, right? So yes. Uh, Martin or or rap analysis in general will get an email from from uh, some of the the somebody who checks out the website regularly and um, they have a question, for instance, about the flow on Eminem's River, right? And then uh, yeah, that was dope. That was really cool. That was a good article, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So what no, you I appreciate that? Yeah, basically what you did. Well, you can talk about this yourself, but. You you kind of broke down the flow of Eminem's River, and um, I, I believe your your the point you were trying to make, which was very interesting, is that in order to let the story um, get the limelight Eminem wants it to get, he he sort of simplifies simplifies the rhyme scheme at times, right? Right. Yeah, and I mean that that's true for the, throughout this entire song, and I'm. I'm convinced there's some sort of mathematical way you can formalize this, what mm-hmm. I'm about to say. But there's a certain point when the number of rhymes you have per line begins affecting how the listener hears those lines and how they hear individual words. Like, if you think about MF Doom, and if, I'm trying to think of a song, there's one song where he does this. Uh, I'll just come back to it. But um, he does it on a lot of songs because he's very, very rhyme dense. Mm-hmm. He's super rhyme dense, and so after a certain point, you you just start hearing sounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he'll rhyme. He'll, it just becomes he a string a lot of, of alliteration. Again. Yeah, right. He's, he he starts using a lot of alliteration to rhyme, which is really cool. I really I really vibe with that. But you can't you can't hear it without reading lyrics to understand what he's saying. Yeah, and it turns out he's still mm-hmm. saying like coherent stuff, but you just don't know what he's saying because it sounds like. Oh 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 oh! Like just yeah, it's your brain is still syllables. trying to keep up with all the with the, with the rhythms and the rhymes. Exactly, and it's it's too difficult. At least when you're on your first playthrough, on your first play of a song, I guess it's mm. it's almost too dense. 
And it becomes, it's awesome right. that if, when people do that, like MF Doom, like Eminem, like right. there's yeah. a bunch of guys that do that. Um, I've heard Lil it's Wayne sick. do it on the Carter Five uh, at, yeah. at times where it's so, it becomes, it loses sort of the semantic meaning of, of the, of the words you're saying. And it just becomes a string of music. It, it becomes musical. Um, right. Completely and that's musical, where the music like of really comes Yeah. In. Exactly. And, so, um, what is Eminem yeah. doing then? So, Eminem, like, what I what I noticed about this song is that um, it seemed to me that he was simplifying rhymes to the point where it was it was almost elementary because he had a lot of end of bar rhymes. He didn't have a whole lot of um, internal rhyming. Yeah, which is what he's like known for. So I was like, "Huh, this is interesting. I wonder why he's doing that." And then I went and looked at the, um, the lyrics of the verses. So for this analysis. Uh, it's on the rap analysis site if you want to check it out. Yes. Um, I was ident- I was I was looking at the first verse and the last verse. Because um, <clears throat> there's three verses in the song, and so I'm looking at it right now, and every single word he rhymes in the first verse, it's the same sounds. Like to give you some examples, like he he starts off with he's coming home with his neck scratched to catch flack, sweat jackets and dress slacks mismatched, breast jack. On his breath, Jack, he's a sex addict. Like, he he, he yeah. shortens addict up so it sounds like addict. Yeah. And so, it, it, the rest of the uh, line is like, the rest of the uh, verse is like this. And so, from there, you're not really listening for the rhymes as you are just listening to the story now. Because the rhymes aren't anything interesting. There's nothing to really listen for it's, there. It's un-Eminem-like. Uh, yeah, in, in and way. it was so un-Eminem like that you were like, okay, why is he doing this? What's he saying now? Yeah. And then you're f- almost he, it compels you to listen to the words more instead of listening for the rhymes and the, you know, what you're used to listening for with Eminem. And so he did that. He does that again in um the last uh, verse where he starts with always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Hey, what can I say? If life was a highway and deceit was an enclave, I'd be swimming in five lanes. High, high rate ice may. I may sideways like it's all the same syllable. So it is in yeah. a sense it is lyrical in the sense that he's um he's keeping the same rhymes going, but yeah, unlike most of his work, it's only two syllables most of the time, right? Maybe right, it's only two times. syllables. It's, yeah, yeah, not, and then by the end it gets even more simple. Like he, he switches it up, which which made me uh, listen to the end more. I think that was the point. He switches up what he was doing from before so he goes this love triangle left us in a wreck tangled so that's a different uh way to do that that's a dope and lyrical there, little thing though outside yeah, of the rhyme scheme yeah different love sound triangle it's a different left rhyme us scheme. in a wreck tangled yeah yeah and then uh oh wait <laughs> i just realized that's like a rectangle yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's good oh okay well well done eminem well done eminem <laughs> uh. but then he gets even more simple near the end of it and um, he starts using just end of line rhymes, yeah. like "What else can I say?" Was fun for a while, but I really would have loved to see your, but I really would have loved your smile. But those are all just end of rhyme lines, yeah. and they're only one syllable. And you, you guys pointed out that I missed one. What's one more lie to tell our unborn t- child? That's an internal rhyme. Yeah, one more lie, mm-hmm. unborn child. But it's it's yeah. so it's, it's far less dense than um right. Int- and it's it's interesting because it's a very storytelling track, you know, and it builds mm-hmm. on. Um, he wrote it like Ed Sheeran sent that song. <coughs> sorry, mm. uh, Ed Sheeran sent that song to him with the hook on there, 
and he wrote the verses to it. So he's um, building on on the story that's already p- being painted in the uh, in the picture mm. that's being painted in the in the chorus. What can you tell us about River? I get an email from Paul Rosenberg, Eminem's manager, and he said, we're going to start putting the album together. Send any, any ideas. In the back of my head, always been like, if I ever worked with Eminem, I would do. So I had a very clear thing in my head of what I wanted to do. So I used the studio at Russell's house and made this, like, you know, I played the drums on it and then played the guitar and then recorded the thing and wrote the chorus and did the piano on it and then sent it off and then didn't, didn't hear anything back. This was like, this was like March 2016, and uh, and then like May 2017, I was in Mexico, and my mate um, Emil, who produces a lot for Eminem, is like, oh, I've I've done some drums and stuff on the uh, on the River song that you wrote, and I was like, oh, cool, are you gonna send it to him? And he's like, oh no, he's done his verses, and I was like, what? Right, so it's really he yeah. really comes from it from a actually I didn't realize that, which makes even more sense because now he's really coming it from like a purely musical perspective as opposed to like a rapper's perspective yeah whether that be like how many rhymes gonna fit in here like what's the most clever way i can say this now he's much more focused on the textual um the textual element as opposed that he's focused on the textual element but he's focused on how the textual element interplays with the sonic element instead yes. of just simply focusing on the textual element yes and so he's making sure that yes, yes. you know you're aware of everything going on but he he makes sure you're focused on what he wants you to focus on. And I think that's, that shows a lot. Like, I didn't... Per, okay, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't really vibe with this album. Oh, I think a lot of people didn't vibe with this album. Rival? Yeah. None of us like, did. Yeah, was, we did a whole it episode all about over it. The place. I was about to say, like... <laughs> and it's, you know... But even still, even if we... You know, because we, we, we slammed that album. <laughs> like, we were not... I was more unhappy, I think. Um, than I was... Yeah, but um, even still, like, it's still Eminem. Like, he's still going to do clever yeah. shit. He still got... That was the thing. Like, I wasn't... I, I ripped it for a while because, okay, the, the story I'm listening to this album was I was writing a paper at 3 a.m. the night it came out. Mm-hmm. And I was writing... I'd been writing it for, like, five hours before then. And I was still going. I wasn't done yet. I was like, oh, I need a break. Oh, shit, the Eminem album came out. This will be a good break. So I sat there. This is the whole thing. I took off my headphones, and I looked at the curse the next time, I was like, this is not a good break. Nope. <laughs> this is a terrible break. Yeah. I'm very upset. Just because, like, it was so much lower than what I anticipated. And, like, the rhymes are still good. The, his flow is still tight. Like, he could still rap. Oh, yeah. But the fact of the matter was, he just had no... It's, it would seem very clear to me. He had no idea what he was going into with this album. He was all over the place in terms yeah. of, like, styles, and the production was off. Like, Rick Rubin ruined a song. How does Rick Rubin ruin a song? It's it's uh it's it it, it doesn't happen no. a lot, but it You're happens on a podcast, sometimes. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a song that deliver. he just didn't deliver, and like everything was just so out of out of sync. I was just mad. But um, but I like thinking about him. Like he's still Eminem, so he's still this clever shit. But this was still a song that stuck out to me. I was mad at it at first because I was like, uh, it's it's a rap album, and it's like this is some singer songwriter bullshit. But now that I'm like going back and really listening to it, there's still clever shit in there. Yeah. And looking at it from a purely musical perspective, it's got a lot going for it. Just as a project yeah. as a whole, Revival wasn't good. And the mixing was bad. No, oh my God. Oh my God. It and was. Um, I, I, I mean, thank I mean, God I'm, I'm, came out. 
I'm not gonna lie. I'm a, I'm a, I'm 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 a big fan of Ed Sheeran too. Like I saw him live once. Uh, One of the best live performances mm-hmm. I've ever seen. It's incredible. He does everything really or nearly everything on his own, like with a loop station, and it's incredible what yeah, he yeah. what he does. And he's a great fucking songwriter, and he's ghostwritten so many great songs too. Um. I mean, Shape of You was supposed to be for Rihanna until he wrote about Van Morrison yeah. and figured, well, that the doesn't really I heard make that, sense. I was like, that makes that makes so much sense. <laughs> and he wrote uh, he wrote that one um, that Justin Bieber song. If you don't like oh, it, yeah. you should love yourself. That one. Yeah, love yourself. It, yeah. He's just a great songwriter and he's a great performer. And um, he's a good singer. He's a great singer too. I'm not a rapper, I'm a singer with the flow. I've got a habit for spitting quicker lyrics. You know, you find me ripping the writings out of the pages they sit in. I never want to get bitten because plagiarism is hidden. Watch how I sit on the rhythm. Yeah, I like him because he doesn't look like a celebrity. Like if I saw him at Tesco or something, like I was getting groceries and like I saw him, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, that guy kind of looks like Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Huh. It might and be. It could actually be Ed Sheeran. I'd just be like, huh, okay. <laughs> it wouldn't, because he doesn't look like a famous person. He's know. so unassuming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, you could go up to me and be like, hey, I'm Ed Sheeran. I'd be like, all right, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. You got okay, me. Okay, yeah. Hey, so Nigel, you um, yeah, you did a bunch of like those write-ups, right? You also mm. broke down Easy and Ice Cube's flow, I guess. But um, oh, I love what, that. Yeah, I guess your most polarizing rap analysis article so far has been the one on Kendrick Lamar winning the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, um, I had a lot to say about. Did that. you get any like? Did you get any flag for that? Like, did you get any like sort of? Oh, I, there was definitely some negative. There was some negative feedback. I mean, Martin didn't share all the feedback with me, but he told me like there was like definitely some like nah. differing views on the on the opinion. I thought it was it exquisite. Like, I thought thank it was a you. really good really article, that. and it just you know, um, I guess I'm 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 actually gonna I'm I'm sort of stealing what Zach said in our previous recording that went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, wow. but I, I remember Zach Jack saying, um, "Yes, I'm, I'm your ghost writing for me, Zach." Uh, <laughs> I remember you, Zach, saying it was one of the the better, if not the best, take on on Kendrick winning the Pulitzer Prize that he'd read, and I, I think I'd have to agree really with that. that. Pulitzer, more like Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. God. Bye. <laughs> you did that. You said Pulitzer, and I was like, throw it up, throw I thought it that was a, a pun. It wasn't like supposed to be a pun. Well, actually, uh, I think it's there's, it's called yaw dropping. I think, and I sort of do um, it uh, occasionally in my English. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't supposed to be a pun. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no, I yeah, like I completely agree with that, and it's like I think it raises really good questions of like, um. Like, why Why should we care about what the Pulitzer says? You know, like... Why? Right, like, who, who defines what's good? Like, I I, I had a more um, polar... I, there's been there's a lot of edits. I showed this to a number of friends. It sparked a lot of debates among my friends, which is cool. But um, I, know, I have this one line that I actually really liked that I ended up taking out. But it was like, when are we going to stop letting white academics, white... Not not a suppress, but like white academics be the gatekeepers to yes. good works, to the canon of good works. Like, right, what? Right, right. Why can't something be good and important 
without it being like recognized for it by someone mm-hmm. else. Like my whole point with this piece was that people said that this was a big moment for hip hop. I saw a lot of articles about how this was like great for the black community for hip hop, et cetera, et cetera. Even the person who was announcing it said this is a monumental day for hip hop. Or that's a paraphrase, but um, she said something like, "This is gonna be this is mm-hmm. a great day for hip hop." Yeah. And my first thought was like, "Why?" Because nothing's gonna change in hip hop. Everybody's gonna keep doing the same thing. Exactly. Like exactly. hip hop was important to black people since the 70s and 80s when they were first doing it. And he wanted like, it was damn, right? important. Huh? Damn. It, that was something else I was mad about. Like, why damn? To Fair Butterfly was, in my opinion, I know some people don't agree with me, uh, but To Fair Butterfly was so much better than I damn. agree with you. So, like, if he was, if the Pulitzer was, like, really, like, okay, let's give this work to something that's good, and they're really gonna be inclusive, like, they would have picked To Fair Butterfly, but... Honestly, it seemed like the Pulitzer picked Kendrick, and this is not to diminish Kendrick. I'm a huge Kendrick fan. Oh yeah, I love the man. But it seemed to me that the Pulitzer picked Kendrick because of politics, because of ideology, exactly. and because they wanted to reclaim relevance. Yeah, exactly. Because people exactly. don't don't care about them anymore. And and from where I was, especially when that whole you know when that was announced and everything, from my mm. perspective, being in academia and music academia, just seeing a bunch of dusty old white people getting pissed off was right. very satisfying. Like, yes. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, fuck it, you know, Kendrick's awesome, ah. You know, and people were complaining, like, oh, why is this, you know, getting picked over all these other struggling... Ar- and that was actually a f- somewhat fair criticism is because, you know, what goes along with the Pulitzer Prize is, like, it's like, it's like there's, like, a cash prize that goes along with it. Right. Um, and Wait, so you're not supposed to, like, so you're not supposed Kendrick to get the prize. God, you know Kendrick was like, you know, people were saying, well, he doesn't need that, but what if like a struggling composer needs it? And blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, then compose damn fair. and make that, yeah. make that <laughs> compose damn, <laughs> then be better. Jesus <laughs> Christ, be better. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. yeah, but um, <laughs> and then a lot of the people were complaining, you know, oh, you know, they'd say, oh, they listen, you know, listen to it, and they just didn't get it. I'm like, well, it's almost if, as if like hip hop has a whole vocabulary that you don't understand. Just kind of like right. when I listen to shitty contemporary classical music, and I think it sounds like shit, but I I don't criticize it because there's obviously a whole. Vocabulary. Right, you don't say it's bad. You just say yeah. like I don't get it. But people in academia, people like people yeah. in the poetry would look at it hip hop and say. Oh, this is bad, and just mm-hmm. not realize that it's because they don't get it. <laughs> it's it's a, damn has got to be one of the worst records to get to be to listen to as, and have it be your first hip hop record, right? Like, <laughs> like especially because it's fucking so postmodern much, yeah. as fuck. And it's, it's not uh, a good representation. It's not mm-hmm. a good representation of hip hop. And this is not to say damn is bad. I love damn, but it's not a good representation of all of hip hop because Kendrick was in his experimental phase right now. He was going through changes. He, there was much more. There were many more albums where like hip hop is like U2 his on center. The track, like on the you two on the track. That was a good song. That was a good song. Oh yeah, it was. But it's like, you know, <laughs> it was just so experimental and out there. Like, if you're gonna be rewarding a hip hop album for being hip hop, like pick something else. Yeah, in my opinion, it's and it's what's gonna look even worse is if the very next year they just go with another. Right, that'll make them look horrible. That'll yeah. really make them look horrible. Like, There's no well, way for them to win this. Yeah. Well, they could give it, it to Logic. <laughs> and they give it to Logic. <laughs> that would be worse. For Bobby Tarantino. <laughs> that would be worse. That would be a lot worse. That'd be a lot worse. I'd be very upset. 
<laughs> I am very, very upset. I just tried to think of like, like the weirdest like I'm example upset. of like Lil Pump. Fifty thousand yeah, on my name is disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same thing that happened to Jazz a little bit. I mean, not to say Wynton Marcellus didn't deserve his Pulitzer. But I mean they, they only ever nominated. He said Pulitzer too. He's, he I was thought it was Pulitzer. Yeah. I was thought it was Pulitzer. Yeah, you didn't say Pulitzer, is that? Okay, well, is it actually both. Pulitzer? I say Pulitzer. You're a fucking Texan is what you are. It's, maybe it's Pulitzer. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was Pulitzer. The P award. The P award. The, P award. <laughs> the Pulitzer. The Pulitzer. I think, the, if I'm correct, I might be wrong. But I was looking at this. The, the, um, actually, I was looking at this like a while ago, back when I was writing this article. But I think there's only ever been one jazz album winner. Someone out there is going to correct me, I'm sure. Well, I know in because 1965, I, when the Pulitzer went out, they wanted, like, some people on the committee wanted to give give it to Duke Ellington. And he and deserved such, it. And there was such a fiasco about that. There was such, like, a <laughs> well, huge debate is, about yeah, it. Yeah, but they this just, is pre... This is 65, so that's before... Yeah, but ob- obviously... Was it racially... This is just a good example of, like... African diasporic music getting yep. sort of like, you know, pushed to the side because like when like they were so against it, like some people on the committee were so against Duke Ellington, Duke fucking Ellington getting in that they just didn't give the award that year. <laughs> like they were that stubborn that they just yeah. rather had not give it to anyone at all than give it to Duke Ellington. Like, yeah. so it's like, I know that was like 50 years ago, but I'm at the same time, it's like, no, but. It's it's important because like exactly. it, it shows a pattern like they mm-hmm. they're aware of this. I have to be aware of this. And like the only person that ever get a jazz nomination was um or jazz win a win for a jazz album was Wynton Marcellus. Yeah, amazing yeah. player, fantastic player. Oh, yeah, very very like conservative jazz player, but still great. And the album was good. It's really really good. But the next year it went right back to another classical composer, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's I don't think any other yeah. jazz album's gotten a, a win since. Mm-hmm. And it's like why it's. Every once in a while, they'll shake it up to make themselves relevant, and then back to the normal. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, and it's interesting because our culture is now. I don't think there's anything to do they can do that will make them relevant again because our culture is moving so far away from, for better or worse, moving so far away from the approval of academics. Yeah. To say something is good or not. And as an academic. I would say that's a good thing. It's <laughs> a very good like, thing. That's a there's, bar, there's things man. that are interesting to discuss academically, but you can't quantify what's good and what's bad objectively exactly. just through that, those metrics. Because it leaves out mm. so many people, so but many you can stories. Do that. That, you can do that in, to a certain extent with metrics, just not those metrics. Did I? Just not okay. those metrics. Yeah. yeah. So there's a website called Musicology Now. Um, story time. Uh Kick knowledge story time, time. I always time, make jokes time, whenever I, I talk about the Musicology Now website. I say, Musicology Now for when you need musicology now. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, okay, here it is. Um, it was about a year ago, and someone was. There, it's, it's just this basic, like, blog, and it's like, it's, it's like a user forum, but a lot of, like, musicology academics use it to just talk about, you know, what they're working on. Maybe they'll post a journal article they're working on or something it's it's a, overall it's a very very good website it's probably needs to be updated i don't know i haven't really seen a whole lot of posts on there recently but about a year ago there was someone who posts uh an article talking about like there's a whole series of articles they did of it was called teaching in the trump era and it's very interesting 
Mm. Um, and it was talking about like where new new musicology is now and how we should embrace diversity and all that stuff. And this fucking white supremacist piece of shit commented on like one of those articles and said, "Here, here it is." And I saved it to my phone. Um, he goes. The really awful dilemma faced by musicologists and music educators generally is that postmodern ideology is viciously racist and sexist in that it is, it is fundamentally biased against white male Europeans. That doesn't... Huh? Unfortunately... Oh, that didn't go... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, as Frank Zappa pointed... <laughs> unfortunately, as Frank Zappa pointed out, they wrote nearly all the good music. So we find the really disturbing spectacle of music educators, in order to be faithful to the current ideology, having to demean and diminish the work of of most of the great creators of Western music. The solution is pretty simple, though. Toss postmodern ideology into the ash heap where it belongs. And then one of our friends, Frank, who is, I love him so much, he commented, he was like, ah, white male Europeans wrote, nearly all the good music. Got it. You're the problem. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then this guy is his name's Brian Townsend. I'm gonna say his name because fuck this dude. He did like, say nearly all the good music though. Yeah, like nearly all. Like he's not racist. Come on. He, goes, he responds. He, he goes, has thanks, black Frank. friends. Yeah. He goes. Thanks, Frank. I've been troubled by about my true identity, but now I know. I'm musicology. Musicology now's gadfly. Another news. Epic poetry was invented by a white male European Homer. History was invented by a couple of them. Herodotus and he was just trying oh, to be whoa, fucking whoa, smart. Whoa, how, like, yeah, Homer the was symphony. from fucking Turkey. Like, yeah, that was Mediterranean. I don't fuck. think Homer was white. I honestly, the don't symphony, think he was. the symphony was mostly developed by another one, Haydn, who also laid the foundations of the classical style. Also, Homer, logic, Homer, and didn't, Homer didn't invent epic poetry. <laughs> he sure <laughs> shit didn't. Uh, there might not even be a Homer. He was also Mediterranean as fuck if he was a one guy. Yeah. And then he, you know, he keeps going on and he goes, he goes, are you bored yet? Because I could go on for pages and pages. And Frank, he didn't, he didn't post this. He should have. He probably would have gotten removed on the website, but he should have done this. Because they have moderators. But he goes, I don't doubt that you got, could go on for pages and pages, you self-important white supremacist sexist shit heel. <laughs> and I was like, God damn. Did you know? Are you just Holy are you shit. snitching on your man, Zach? I'm praising him. <laughs> like, this is yes, a public, but you're, this is on a you're kind of dry form. snitching like, there, man. <laughs> uh, no, it you're, is. you're totally right. That's, that's I don't know if I you put this in the episode. Friends, I just though. thought y'all needed to. That's just I, I read that, I needed that at least once a week because I'm just like, goddamn, that's yes. so good. I appreciate your friend very, very much. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, but man. it's interesting because, like, I do think. Okay. Hear me out. I'm gonna say, it, but I'm, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it's a good thing. I think, because I, I very recently like. I'm gonna be honest. I very recently learned what postmodernism is, so I could yeah. be very, very wrong. I um, use that term every other week or every other day. I have no. Because <laughs> no, I've heard it so it much, and I just get, I just get too afraid to ask. But from my understanding of postmodernism, it's like, at least where you, as whereas you can like apply it to other things, it's really about thinking outside the biases and norms that your that your culture has created for you mm-hmm. in order to appreciate other cultures for like their objective value as opposed to their value relative to your mm-hmm. culture. So for us that'd be Western culture. Yes. And I think 
That... You know what? Actually, no, I'm wrong. I was going to say that might fundamentally exclude white males, and I think that's not a bad thing, but actually it doesn't, because you can still appreciate white male music just from an objective lens that's outside the culture of Western. You can say, yes, that was stuff was good, and also there's all this amazing other music in these other yeah. regions of the world yeah. is amazing as well. Exactly. Right. And like, with that, you know, because obviously, you know, there are other... When you look at all the other factors, you know, if you look into sort of what's considered like postmodern, we're getting to real heavy. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to put this in the episode. I like talking about this shit. I'll talk it for hours. But no, like, I'm good. I'm, yeah, you could go on for really pages good. and pages. <laughs> for pages and pages, yeah. But um, like, you know, when you look at guys, you know, like Foucault and Derrida, you know, the, the kind of the main staples of postmodern mm-hmm. um, philosophy and stuff. You know, there's a lot and. No matter who you talk to, everybody kind of has a different <laughs> definition of what exactly, like how they use postmodernism in their own work. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of it can also involve you know deconstructivism and criticism and um, and like once I realized that was that that was a part of it, I was like, wait, I do that all the time. Like, <laughs> right. I'm a postmodern as fuck. Like I do that all the yeah. time. You know, because and then when once you realize that, and like you know exactly when I kind of had the same realization of like you know what you were just talking about earlier and i was like oh wait i do that all the time well, yeah this is fucking cool i like this like i'm just gonna yeah, i didn't know what it meant but like when i read it, i was like damn i already think like this yeah i'm already trying to think like this mm. because like it's so easy to get wrapped up in the like i say the way you're programmed to think but like being in in a culture this is just mm. a part of being in a culture is like mm. you look at things from the perspective that i feel like all postmodernism is is being aware of that Mm-hmm. And adjusting your sights accordingly. It's yeah, exactly. And in, where I'm, the current world of academia I'm in now is like musicology, and I, I use the term new musicology because mm. that's sort of been like the term, like the hot button term that's been going on in the past like twenty years or so, where it's like a new type of musicology that is kind of embracing other disciplines, whether it's postmodernism or you know feminist theory or queer theory mm-hmm. or you know other you know sociology you know other right. stuff and which i think is fucking cool as shit i'm like yeah, sick as hell, yeah bring it on and you know it's like <laughs> literature history and i'm like Meh, you know i love it and then right with like sort of the old old white men who you know pre-1990s are like what is this postmodern bullshit <laughs> you know, and there's still you know old tenured professors that are right. in that they'll constantly like i've heard people say oh that's the new musicology bullshit i'm like oh yeah feminism am i right <laughs> you know <laughs> god <laughs> sorry like but I, just, I just don't see why there's I, I mean i get why they're mad because they're having to share that they're having to have their culture share the spotlight with other cultures and yeah that can be very annoying but yeah, i just yeah. don't get like looking at postmodernism from an objective lens i don't see how there's anything wrong with just being critical of your culture yeah, and should. trying to expand your mind beyond the confines of that, instead of just assuming your culture is the correct one and moving on. It's yeah. it's also like the people are threatened by this. Like nobody's saying that Mozart and Beethoven were in great artists. Like that's right. That's the thing. Like we're not saying that's that's that. No, nobody's saying that. <laughs> it's like, it's just like there's others too. Oh my god! I'm taking a, a class in like readings in musicology right now, mm-hmm. and like there's a whole article. We, we read about like sort of dealing with sort of more older musicology writings that are that are not aged well and are very like either sort of like weirdly racist or sexist or or whatever. And like there was one I can't remember 
what it was. It was like this music theory textbook from like the early 1800s or something where a guy was talking about, he's like, each individual note is like, like, you know, it's like when you cadence, it's like, you know, when you go to, you know, the one chord, it's like a very masculine thing. But then when you, you cadence it in a different way, it's like very feminine because it's weaker. And, you know, each man, it was like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, it was super creepy and sexist. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. That is a lot. That's a lot. Like, I hate this. Like, you're weird. And that's why fuck? you need postmodernism because otherwise yeah. you get, like, wrapped up in, like, higher culture views, certain traits and how they're, like, Oh yeah, intrinsically and tied to male and feminine, yeah. masculine and feminine traits, and like, no, they're not. That's just like, <laughs> that is weirdo, so yeah. that's so relative. Like, oh, so many other cultures are different than that. Anyway, we're we're going off on a tangent. We're yes, <laughs> debating t- postmodern ideology. That never ends well. We got here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, uh, it's it's. And all of it's, this was triggered yeah. by by your article on. I'm uh, very happy. That that makes me so happy that like that was dope. You could that trigger a conversation like that was something I wrote. But basically, yeah. all all I basically I I said you what I'm basically arguing that article is just like take a postmodern look at music in the world and just music in history and don't just let the cult the current culture define what's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Agreed. our generation's really like moving away from that idea more into a postmodern idea. What are yes. what what album or yeah what project would you have given the uh, award to instead of Damn? Would it have Maybe. to been wait? Okay, that's just a it. Thing. Doesn't have to be Kendrick. Doesn't have to be Damn. Just has to has to be hip hop. Does it has to be okay? Hip hop in general. Yeah. <sighs> this this is gonna be a hot take because it's not gonna be an old old album, and Young I think Sinatra that's okay. Full- oh. Uh. <laughs> I really think that Pimmin' Butterfly is, like, the culmination of where hip-hop has been headed. The culmination of, like, jazz, funk, R&B, masterful wordplay, social critique, poetry. Like, all that culminates together. I really think it's, like, a masterpiece of hip-hop work. And it's where the genre has been headed. So many people have been hinting at these connections. Like, uh, shit. A Tribe Called Quest with Low End Theory had that jazz intro, oh, that yeah. jazz into it. Mm. Bootsy Collins did a funk album that like had some rappers on some songs. So like people have been hinting at these things. But it's but also Kendrick, got like the Last Poets, Gil Scott Heron kind of stuff on there. Exactly. Exactly. And, like this is where like I feel like black music has been headed to this point, and that was the the zenith, the pinnacle. That was yeah. the culmination of it all, in yeah, my I opinion. Agree. I, and that's I was just so I was really really blown away by Timmy Butterfly. I can't really disagree with that. <laughs> I yeah, just those can't. are like yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna have a lasting impact. I mean, one of the songs literally became an anthem for a movement. Like exactly, yeah. That it doesn't we get much better than that, right? Yeah, no, you're right. Not to mention, it's like musically like immaculate. So so good. Experimental it's, it's a, it's and a like, near it's a nearly perfect record, I think. Might be mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's very close to perfection if if that's even a thing. It's a, what I, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. And what I love about it is like it's you can listen to it like you could listen to like a like a symphony or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I really can listen to any one song off the Pin Butterfly. I have to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, can you can yeah. 
approach it like you approach a symphony and like sit there and experience it all at once. Yeah. And I think it's that's such an amazing thing you could say for a hip hop album. Yeah, totally. I agree. That's a yeah. good yeah, that makes a that lot is, more that sense is my than that to me. Our album. Yeah. All yeah, right. okay, Steve yeah, Steven, what would you do? Uh I do like Nigel's argument, but I'm not gonna say that. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, the perfect hip hop record is Illmatic. That is absolutely fair. That is absolutely fair. And I think in terms of songwriting, in terms of concepts, in terms of skills, in terms of production, it is, of course, very New York based. So it el- yeah. eliminates, it's not the perfect representation of hip hop, but neither is Pippa Butterfly. Right, of course not. Because um, at that same time, around the same time, there was a bunch of amazing stuff being made on the West Coast, and the South was really getting mm-hmm. into it too. When did Outkast come out first? So, uh, it was like n- mid-90s, right? They won. Yeah, they were in the 90s. They the won in 95. They won a Source Award, I think. So uh, must have been around the same time. God, really have been an, 90s. what an era. Uh, yeah, I'd, say, I'd have to go with Illmatic, I think. Because it's just, it's perfect. There's not one bad song on that album. Mm-hmm. No, there's not a bad line on that album. There's, there's not, not a bad, bad note or a bad snare drum on that album. It's mm-hmm. perfect. It's absolutely there's a reason perfect. why it's still. I know he re-record. I know Nas did like a, like a live version with the National Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. Um, that I've been meaning to check out. But yeah, that'd be really. Yeah. I've I've seen some of that, and it's it's interest. It's very good. Um. Yeah. So I'd say that one. Zach, how about you? You have to say, what would you pick that isn't donuts? Like, what <laughs> to say. No, it has to have rap donuts. on it. You can't pick a... a, a yeah, pick. okay, fine. But no, I, w- I would make the argument that, like, in a way that would almost, like, appeal to people on the Pulitzer Committee, because it's more of, like, a composition, you know, mm. like, it's an instrumental composition... And that might mm, have appeal okay, to... So, yeah, okay, so for the award, And a lot of it, it's very... And I, I even talk about this in my master's thesis, where there, it, there are segments that are, have more in common with, like, 20th century, like, avant-garde, music concrete type mm, stuff than, yeah. like, hip-hop. That's true. Um, But I'm going to look past my bias <laughs> and talk about other things that aren't Jay Diller-related, I promise. Um, I don't know, I was thinking, like, 89 was a hell of a year. Is like Fear of a Black Planet and Paul's Boutique. Oh, yeah. And America's Most Wanted mm. mm-hmm. and Three Feet High and Rising all came out. I'm like, <laughs> shit, dude. Damn, I don't know. And I can't. There's a few of those years. It's 80, yeah. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, 94 is an incredible year. Yeah. Um, I would say a- for me, it's got to be low in theory just because, like, mm, I mean, that's obviously just a personal, like, yeah, it's, it's like, fantastic. I don't know. It's just I've probably listened to that album the most out of all the albums we've <laughs> talked about. So, like, so it's just there's not a single thing. That's another one of those perfect records, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's true. So, Pimper Butterfly, Illmatic, and Low in Theory. So pretty that good. Not a bad roundup on albums. Actually, at all. I'm think. Isn't that literally 
three records of the top five classic records that Ninth Wonder uh, put in the Harvard Hall of Hip Hop fame. Oh, there you go. I think so. <laughs> I think Miseducation is there too. Oh, that's a good one. I think it's Illmatic. Well, low End Theory, Tempo Butterfly, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and Illmatic. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Wait, we actually picked all the ones that... We did Ninth Wonder? We just did Ninth Wonder? We just did Ninth Wonder. We were just Ninth Wonder. <laughs> we're Ninth Wonder, but we weren't feminist enough. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm gonna apply to be a scholar at the Hari. I I, I it's time. It. It's my time. <laughs> Dope. We're um, uh, we're killing it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're in good company if we're uh, stealing uh, Ninth Wonder's picks. True. This is true. This is true. So, Nigel, I was thinking, yes. um, what's your top five greatest of all time rap- rappers? Ooh, okay. Oh, rappers. Okay. Well, Kendrick Lamar for one. On number one? Right. Yes, Kendrick Lamar is at my number one. Even even though even though as of late his features haven't been hitting me as much, he's still probably one of the most intelligent, articulate, like poetic and musically gifted rappers I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, he's very creative. Very yeah, he's creative. incredibly creative. And I love him for it. So definitely Kendrick Lamar. Um Kendrick? Kendrick is one. Does it have to be one rapper? Is it like a single single rapper, or like can it be a group? Uh, Zach, will, are we allowing that? A group? Depends. What I if it's like two rappers in the group. Is it Run DMC or Outcast? Actually, I was. <laughs> I was thinking something else, but actually, those those as well. Those would be somewhere in there. <laughs> No, uh, you're good. Yeah, do, okay. you can do a group. Yeah, you're okay, part okay, of okay. the crew, so you you we can be lenient. Yeah, bless. Uh, okay, that, that, those won't be number, my number two. My number two probably be Eminem. Mostly yes. because I, there's a special place in my heart for Eminem. He's the reason I like got into hip hop in the first place. I remember my mom. <laughs> here, here. She showed me um, uh, "Not Afraid," and uh-huh. like yeah. sixth grade me was like, "Oh my god, a hip hop song is not about like clubs and." money and alcohol yes and i was just like so angry into all of hip-hop i was like yes this is like what hip-hop should be and it wasn't until like two or three years later i was like wait a minute there's a whole world of hip-hop that's not about that stuff (laughs) who would have (laughs) known but he's just a special place in my heart because like as an angsty middle schooler i'd put on like the marshmallows lp and like walk around the halls like yeah i'm so fucking cool and they make it feel cool did you dye your hair I did I, for a different reason, but yeah, <laughs> for a different reason. That's awesome. You know, he has a special place in my heart always. Eminem, he could put out five shitty albums in a row. I'll still stand him. I'm sorry. Like he might so have, he might have already done that. <laughs> no, that's an argument for another no, day. Uh, <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, Eminem is up there. Um, Nas, Nas. I mean, oh, what's yeah. there to say? But I mean. What's there to say that hasn't already been said? Like, immaculate flow. Yeah. Wordplay. Yeah. The rhythmic sense, like, amazing rhythmic sense. If you add, hmm? uh, if you add Jay-Z and Snoop Dogg to this list, you might have my top five. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, okay. I wasn't going to add Jay-Z or Snoop Dogg. I like Snoop Dogg. 
but more as like an icon than a rapper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, I think he's Snoop so is, good on on the Chronic and Doggy style. He's he's one of the best rappers to have ever graced. You know, like to have ever. He's amazing, and he, but like his later career isn't as as exceptional. So he probably wouldn't my, make my top five either. But this maybe in terms of flow. But anyway, continue. So he's got he's got really good flow, and he's got like an attitude to like really deliver. His he's line. amazing. Yeah. But for okay, so I had Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, Nas, Biggie Smalls. Oof. I had to throw I had to throw either Biggie or Tupac in there. It's gonna be Biggie because. Oof. When I heard, when I heard "Ready to Die," you were ready to die. I was, <laughs> after I was like, I can die happy. Like this is yeah. one of the pinnacle <laughs> albums of hip hop. No one, no one can. And the thing is, what makes him so amazing is Man, that no one has ever, changed. no one has ever come close to rapping like Biggie did. No, because something about did. Biggie yeah, can so literally like, say "uh," like he can literally do just a glottal stop sound. Mm. And everybody will be listening, like like instantly, instant. Like, there's a reason why, like I I use it, like this is a cheat. Like occasionally I'll put like a Biggie vocal sample in some of my beats, just in one, yeah. Like it just it's like oh, like everybody starts jamming. Yes, and it's like yes, exactly. He, he, ah, says, it, yeah. he says all his words with such conviction mm-hmm. that like you just have to pay attention. And the way, just the way he phrases rhyme schemes and patterns and. You know, there was that box video. I think was Martin on that box video that where he where he talked about Biggie's rhyme like flow and rhymes. Yeah, how he like uh, yes, yeah, he was. wasn't that. Yeah, that's the he one did, with Uncle he, Mike Eagle and mm-hmm. Martin, I think. Yeah, and how he daisy chains rhymes together, and it, he the way he phrases things just from a musical perspective is so unique that anyone who ever did it anywhere remotely similar to it would be like, oh, that's just a Biggie clone. It's the yeah. the funny thing about Biggie is that his rhymes weren't as complex as most of the other great rappers. Um, I mean, he does a lot of like, like you say, you call it daisy chaining, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he does a lot of that with sort of one sil- syllable rhymes. Right, it's all monosyllabic. Constantly thrown, but he doesn't rhyme full sentences or long strings of syllables. A lot of right. It, but it, there's something about him. Just his flow, how he, yeah, it's kind of like Snoop in a way. I know both of them. They, I know Biggie's a big was a big fan of Snoop Dogg's, um, and you can kind of tell because it's very much yeah. flow based. Mm-hmm. Uh, his style, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't. I can't front, man. Biggie, Biggie's a good choice Biggie's, for your top five. Biggie's a fucking goat. Biggie's always a fucking yeah. goat to me. Like yeah. my my favorite Biggie track is probably unbelievable one because like that like that, that sample is, flip be, it's 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 hot it's it's it's, hot it's, so, it's it's the best it's the best like if i made a list of but um so i was hanging out with a bunch of rappers last night mm-hmm. and there's this one oh, i can't remember her name this one girl who she's involved with the label um I don't think she's a rapper, but she she was in the group of friends that we were hanging out with, and yeah. she's Scottish, and um, Scottish. yeah, and she's like I I told her like I was just telling her like you know we were introducing ourselves and I was like oh you know I'm doing my PhD on Jay Dilla and she's like oh that's pretty cool but I'm more of a primo fan and like I just 
I didn't argue with that just because I was like, that's adorable. <laughs> I don't even know. That's great. I've never heard anyone say the what, what you just said. I'm a primo fan. <laughs> Yeah, Zach, I, I didn't. Like, I didn't know you could, could pull off an accent like that. I didn't think I could. So you can't Pretty pronounce good. Pulitzer Prize, but you can't. You can't pronounce yeah. Primo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, and the production, the production on uh, "Kick in the Door." Waving the I, I love that one because I'd heard the because as I mentioned, like I played jazz for a long time. I hadn't heard that song in a long time, but I heard it again for the heard it again for the first time, quote unquote. Like a year and a half ago or something. I think it was roughly, either a year or a year and a half ago. But regardless, um, I'd been listening to um, I Put a Spell on You, the sample of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I listened to the news the moment. Then I, then I heard that. Oh, my God. There was one. The original one was by this dude named Jay Hawkins. I was like, okay. I don't know who this guy is. I should have known because he's fucking hel- great. So good. So good. Hilarious. So good. Apparently, apparently, I was reading a story about this. They recorded that version, the band, stone drunk. They were all (laughs) drunk as hell. That's why it came out so weird. Mm. But what I love about it is that and I, I'm not sure how like common this is in hip hop, but they basically imposed a four-four time signature on a three-four song. Oh yeah, yeah, that's and it did it yeah, so yeah. well. It was yeah, so. It's, it's one of the hardest beats I've ever heard in my life. One of the hardest yeah. beats I've ever heard in my life. There was a a J Dilla beat when, when, um, that was unreleased mm. um, that I found. It was from his beat CD. I think 2005, so it's like one of the last, you know, sort of collection of works he was doing. And he did a flip of uh, James Brown, This It's a Man's World. Mm. And like, oh, yeah, the because yeah. the, the, that's in like 6-8. Mm. And like, and then he does, he flips it into 4-4, and I'm like, my head just... Oh, that's hot. <laughs> like, I'm so nice. That's so like, fucking incredible, dead. man. I've had, I've yeah. had like music that i found that i wanted to sample and it wasn't three-fourths and i just i just couldn't get it right i just couldn't and to to see somebody do that and make it feel effortless is incredible but i think the secret the secret is that the eighth notes of six eight you treat them as triplets in the four four Mm -hmm. and that's how that's how you get that and then it's like every two bars of six eight is like one bar of four four yeah yeah and you get a lot of really cool like rhythmic things going on with that and it's hot i love it i love it oh but the last rapper last rapper on my list oh yeah this is this is out of left field and the reason i asked about the groups is because like i'm torn between jid and earth gang oh, oh shit it's it's very very much out of left field because like they're yeah. just coming out but i love jid because like he is like such a rapper's rapper in my opinion like his flow is like perfect, like so tight, so perfect, and he has this like aura about him. That's like, first of all, his songs are really good, and I liked him better before he signed on Dreamville. So far, I will get to like the album. We'll get to like my favorite albums from JID, but um, <laughs> uh, he was just doing stuff in like 2013, 2014, 2015 that no one else was doing at the time, especially in Atlanta. 
Yeah. Like JID and JID was hooked up with Earth Gang. And the reason I, I think that I think that's about probably go to Earth Gang actually, but JID is like close up there. Because Earth Gang signed it because J JID and Earth Gang are from Atlanta, they were they went up together. Um JID went to school for football, got busted for robbery, came back to Atlanta, uh, and started rapping with Earth Gang. Earth Gang was already doing stuff. They were like but their production, I don't know who's doing their production at Spillage Village. Or was at Spillage Village? I don't know but either. No. Fantastic. So, so good. And so different. I just love how different and weird they are. And it's not like weird, like, it's like I'm just saying, oh, it's it's good because it's weird. It's, it's good because it's good, but also it's weird. Yeah. You, like, uh, for, for JID, you, um, you told me, or us earlier about the um this this the colors youtube channel that he did a performance on right oh yeah him and Earth I che- did a I performance checked, on that yeah i checked out J- jid's one where he's wearing mm. the real madrid sh- uh, yeah, jersey yeah 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 oh that that was good <laughs> didn't he flow so tight we're gonna that drop a link tight. to those get yeah, a link to should. those in the um description. The description yeah but um his flow is tight as shit on that like he just effortlessly goes over the beat and he's with it and it's it's rare that i hear a triplet flow that i really really like mm-hmm. jid had a triplet flow on that that i really really fucked with yeah i agree I really fucked with it but and it's, 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 it's also like a shout out to them like definitely check them out like jd's absolutely the next one up like bet like in the next like five years he's getting yeah. he's getting huge as fuck i and i hope everything comes up after them because they definitely deserve it I'm very curious to see what they're what they're gonna do in the in the future. Um, yeah, same. It's it's looking bright. Um, it is looking very bright. As far as I, I can I'm tell. worried. Yeah, I'm a little worried about JID because he's he's getting it a little more into like more pop territory with yeah. um, some of the songs off um, the Never Story near the end were a little more poppy. Uh-huh. Not, they weren't bad. They're were just like more pop, and like that's not my personal thing. But Earth Gang has been like going strong on their weird ass shit. Like even when they're on Dreamville, they're like it seems like they want total creative control over their sound because it has not changed. That is, I like that. <laughs> yes. These are my top five. I this is a good top five, man. Like four <laughs> all time greats and a and a out of left field one for the future. Like some up and comers. I think yeah. they're really gonna be making some great stuff. I really like good this. Stuff. That's a good list, man. Thank you. Hey, um. Zach, uh, I I distinctly remember you telling me us that you wanted to do a new edition of the Kick Knowledge Book Club. Club, club, club. Yeah, Kick. Book it's club. the Kick Knowledge Book Club. That's our new song. It's the Kick Knowledge Book Club. Ooh, the book club. It's um, uh, is I I, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, Joseph oh, yeah. Schloss, who I've. Uh, Matt and he's a really great guy. Uh, it's called uh, Making Beats, Classic. the art of sample, the art of sample based hip hop, and it's all about. Mm-hmm. He did a whole like ethnography. He like met with a ton of producers. Um, it was originally published, I think, in two thousand four, and then there's like a new version that came out, I think, like twenty fourteen. And there's second like edition? the yeah, the second edition. It's got a, a intro by Jeff Chang, who's also a great hip hop scholar. Oh, can't stop, um, won't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you're really into like kind of the art of sample based production and that whole side of 
hip hop stuff, then for the love of God, please get this. It's so great. <laughs> I'm definitely nice. gonna check it but out. I just wanted. I want to just read the beginning of the first chapter because it's one of my f- favorite openings to any book ever I've ever read because it's why I do what I do and exist as a person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything he says in this paragraph is like me. It's just great. Okay, so he starts out, he says, Some people make beats. They use digital technology to take sounds from old records and organize them into new patterns into hip-hop. They do it for fun and money because their friends think it's cool. They do it because they find it artistically and personally fulfilling. They do it because they can't rap. They do it to show off their record collections. They do it to show off their record collections. Sometimes they don't know why they do it, they just do. This book is about those people and their many reasons. I love I love that. That's that is so good. I especially like some people don't know why they do it, they just do it. And I'm like, that's me all the time. Like I don't know. Like and the can't rap. That's there. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I got to it, book it was I so scary. I wouldn't have been surprised if the next line was. And last weekend, I starred in a music video where I played. <laughs> 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 it was so uncanny. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I I read that book a couple years ago and I loved it. Remember. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think I knew you back then yet, Zach, but I remember um, just constantly sharing quotes from it with Frank and, and mm. Gino just to talk about, like, especially the um, authenticity sector, uh, sector section in the book and the sort of the ethics of sampling. That was what got to me the most. But it's, yeah, it's a great book. Um, one of the hip hop studies classics, I would say. Yeah, we're kind of going through like the. No, that's what I call hip hop scholarship. Like, <laughs> kind of, yeah. That's what because we talked about Trisha Rose. Um, and we talked about uh, a couple uh, weeks ago. We talked about Paul Edwards, and mm-hmm. the stuff that he's been working working on. The stuff that he's uh, released, which is awesome. Well, um, the how to rap books. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, he's a uh, he checks out. He listens to the pod mm-hmm. sometimes, man. That's so dope. Hey, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, I came across his books again in Amsterdam in the American Book Center last weekend. Um, it's good. I like I placed them a little more to the front, I guess, <laughs> to make them stand out a little bit more. Yes, <laughs> they had some. They had like a whole wall of books on music. Zach, you should check it out. It's a really cool store uh, oh, in cool. the city center of Amsterdam. Once you uh, come to visit. Um, I think we're nearly, holy shit, we've been recording for a long time, and coincidentally, this, is, <laughs> coincidentally, this, might, be a, this might be a double header. Maybe, maybe not, I'm not sure, because I don't want to, because otherwise we, we're going to have to end with the Kanye conversation, that's going to be well, depressing for weird, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and I'm still recording, that's also very good, but, um, All there's one more thing that we should do, uh, our song or album recommendations for this week for this episode zach what have you got for us oh yeah the alt j remix album is fantastic Ooh. i mean it's got like the the, the lineup for love of god you got push a t you got little little sims she's this uh british rapper yeah she's she's the in my opinion she's the best non-grime uk rapper, rapper yeah in my opinion like she's just I've heard more absurd. people say that. 
she's ridiculous and like the track she's on is great and then if you really like that you should definitely check out the rest of her stuff but um there's a track with uh danny brown who's always a treat um and it's produced by the alchemist who remixed by the alchemist and it's the fucking alchemist like like there you go and then also i don't know if we talked about the new uh lupe fiasco album we haven't like we just totally fucking forgot about it, and I feel really bad. So I feel like we should mention it at least because it's really good. It's, it's insane. really really good. We might do like a full, you know, during our end of the year roundup thing. We'll get to it at some point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My um, my uh, recommendation for the week is that Drogus Wave album by Lupe, but also um, his 2015 record Tetsuo on Youth. Um, holy shit, that was such a great record. If To Pimp a Butterfly hadn't come out that year, that would have been my record for 2015, I think. It came out in January or something. It came out like very early on in the year. So a lot of end of year lists back then forgot about it, which is all, always a shame. You know, like how usually the albums that like come out in the fall are sort of... um overrepresented on these end of year lists and um mm. I, I guess right. that album suffered from it but wow there's so, it's amazing in terms of production how he's sort of merging these asian sort of musical traditions with hip-hop and other influences and um the metaphors the songwriting it's it's absolutely incredible so check that out if you haven't already and if you have check it out again nigel do you have a recommendation for for our listeners i absolutely do if you are someone who is very very much into hip-hop and want to hear something that i can almost certainly guarantee you have not heard anything like before please 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 check out jid's mixtape it's on soundcloud it's called dicaprio the production on that right. song, on that on that album, album mixtape sort of deal, whatever. Literally unlike anything I've ever heard in my life. It is so good, and you're you're gonna you're be sitting there thinking, why hasn't anyone done this before? <laughs> it's that's, so it's so so good. That's kind I love of the it. best things, right? Yeah. When we why hasn't anyone come up with this before? Yes. Like, why has no one come up with this this concept before? Because like, wow. Wow, I love we're, it. We're gonna listen to it, man. Um, Please do. Yes, so and uh, that... it'll it'll prime you for um when he releases DiCaprio too, which should be sometime this like in the fall soon. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. I hope it All doesn't right. disappoint. Then nice. I hope it doesn't disappoint either. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, well, you did put him in your top five, so he, do, he does have some yes. high expectations to live up to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> has my expectations to live up to. Mm-hmm. Better not disappoint me. <laughs> Yes. Um, so I guess that about wraps it up. Nigel, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, oh, thank you again for having me. We should have you on uh, more frequently, I think, because I, I really like where these conversations were, the direction of these conversations um, and the stuff that you added to it. So thank you, thank yeah. you very much for being on here, it was so being fun. part of the it Rap was, Analysis crew. It was so um, fun to talk. And like, you know, yeah. I love these conversations. Like I live off this shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, the funny stuff is the funny thing is like I I enjoyed this conversation today 
probably even more than the last time we had it. Uh, <laughs> or well, yeah. well it, it was different then. But um, I'm glad different? we got to re-record this episode because I think it one was better, and two, um, uh, it was just fun hanging out again. So yeah. <laughs> I, I love the discussion, guys. Like honestly, like nice the things we're hitting uh, yes. when we talk about these albums. I agree. De- I, I'm I'm definitely down to come back. Yes, we'll keep it up with the uh, with the awesome uh, articles for rap analysis and uh, yes. Uh, sometime soon, I, I think we'll have you uh, as a guest again because this was fun. Hey, Zach, Thank do you, you want to so do much, the? Yeah. Uh, of course, Zach. Do you want to do the outro? Yeah, if you like this episode, you can check us out on on the 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 the, the iTunes on the <laughs> on the iTunes on the, iTunes? <laughs> on the, the good old iTunes <laughs> um, on Mixcloud. Yes, and you know if you really like us, you can. Check out our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, do oh, we have a please Snapchat? do? We don't have a Snapchat. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think I don't see the don't added value of the Snapchat, Snapchat right now. Mm, no. no <laughs> but yeah, and uh, let us know what you think. And um, with that being said, peace. Later.